damn stupid asshole. Can't you see we've got a situation here? <laughs> I just love that combination of words. I ain't never seen no hero with his ass in the yes. air like that. Oh my god. You want to rock and roll with me, puss bag? <laughs> Puss bag. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm excited to talk to you as always, and. Excited to talk in particular about this ludicrous movie we both watched. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so absolutely ludicrous. Like uh, there's so much. I think before though we start that though, let's touch base about the theme song thing because oh, it yeah. is. So like the promo is fantastic, <laughs> which I'm hoping by the time people hear this, they will have heard that promo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they know what we're talking about. I should but. I should explain, I guess, what you mean, uh, just in case. So, um, my uh, Palmer and I have been going back and forth about the theme song, wanting to be like a, like a Stan Bush or '80s type uh, action. I don't know what, uh, <laughs> like rock ballad or rock, I don't know. I can't find the right words. But um, so I, I sent some examples of Stan Bush songs to my brother as though he needed them, but I <laughs> sent some extras. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you know what though? He, he came up with, he, he came up with what, it, what he did before that. Cause it was within minutes that I hit send on the, on the, the example tracks and that he had sent this thing back that he'd already recorded based on what, I guess that car recording that I had sent you as well. Oh, that's awesome. So I I um I had been thinking about like verses and stuff like that and I I was like, ah, I don't know how how that could should go and then it occurred to me uh, this last time around I wrote I made note in the last episode of a few particularly funny bits. Like when you yeah. when you were a gas about like it was sex crotch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> when you were a gas, oh, I should cut in that Ash. When I played the promo for her, Ash was like, "Oh, I remember when that was recorded." <laughs> <laughs> I know what night you guys recorded that episode. Oh, that's all. That's gosh. hilarious. That is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Or sad because we just have that little amount of sex that she can like. She's like, "Oh, that was the last time we had sex." Well, that wasn't that long ago. Well, no, <laughs> that's a long time ago. Yeah, we skipped a week. That's not yeah, cool. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> shit happens. I know you no, had a busy no. week though. So <laughs> yeah, no. Um. Oh, so there was that. There was when you were aghast about that I hadn't seen RoboCop. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, and then the other one was when uh, <laughs> you were talking about musicals and. <laughs> Each of them, when I listened to, I was like, these are great like moments. If we do the thing where we pull out some preview moments, these would be good ones. So right. it, it was, uh, so I, so I basically did that. So it wasn't even really like what I'm thinking of doing is something like that before every show. Um, oh, that's awesome. So just so that you, know, especially like you look at it and you're like, oh, this is three and a half hours. 
And if you're up for it, that's great. But if, if you're thinking like, I don't know, what is this long walk, short drink, you hit play, and then you hear some fun stuff like that, hopefully you'll, you know, stick around. But It's a three-hour long podcast. That's what long walk, <laughs> short drink is. Which, by the yeah. way, welcome to long walk, short drink. Yes. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Yeah. I yes. am Palmer and uh, my good buddy. I'm Dave talking to you uh, from Northfield, Minnesota. And Palmer's yep. from... Dayton, uh, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Well, not from, but speaking from. Speaking from, yeah. We're both from the, the gr- greater metropolitan area of Ritman, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> That's outside of Akron. Yes. Akron. Rit Tucky. <laughs> Rit Tucky, yep. Um, so we just lost our two users or two <laughs> listeners. Oh, yeah. In Ritman, yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, so that's ex- that's an explanation of what that was. So while that could be something similar to a promo, I that's what I had in mind for just yeah, like a be- preview of that, like of every to start episode. the episode. Yeah, and I oh, like how no, it comes back at the, at the end too. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, but I was thinking too, it'd be fun possibly to have it come to a dead stop. So, so maybe we'll have that version open this one. I don't know, but uh, so there'll be like do, the, does a little riff and then stops dead. And then we do that. Yeah. You hear something silly, and then it comes back. But um, anyway, yeah. And so that would enable us to have different number of little inserts. You know, if that week there was only two, or if maybe there were five for some reason, yeah. or I don't know. But I I had so much fun putting that together, and it felt like a show all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, that's spectacular, and that I think like. I've been thinking over the last week or so because we didn't get to talk, like record anything last week, and I was like, "Man, it's like Halloween, and mm. I'd love to do a Halloween episode." But it's like by the time now, if we do a Halloween episode, like we already have five episodes that we would need to put out before we'd get to the Halloween episode, and then it wouldn't be Halloween anymore. And um, I'm like, "That we got to talk to Dave about when we're going to start putting stuff up, and when we're so that we can catch up to it." and everything and when we were at the ingrid michelson concert this past weekend uh which was just absolutely i mean it was a great concert don't get me wrong (laughs) but it was like it would have been an i'm i'm ash was very very kind and was very like thank you so much for like taking me to this concert and coming (laughs) with me and like having a good time but uh I'm, i'm sure she would have had um like a much better time had she taken a, a girlfriend with her, like another Ingrid Michaelson fan, like like full fledged fan. Like, yeah, I love girls chase boys chase girls. Like that song is fantastic, and uh, she played that and as her encore. So like I had to oh, sit through man. the man. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sit through the entire concert to hear that one song that I liked, and I'm. There was three distinct moments during the concert where I know we ma- I made eye contact because we were only four rows back from the stage, and I made eye contact with Ingrid Michaelson, and I was that guy at the concert that's not having fun. Oh. Even like, like, <laughs> I, like my arms were crossed, and I'm just in my with my beard, just staring at her, just like I like I had to have taken all of her energy, like like every time she made eye contact with me. I bet she was making it her mission for you to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but that it, it really wasn't because of her. Like she put on her and her band put on a fantastic show. It was like 
uh, Ash and I just just kept saying like it's got to be millennials, which I know we're like on the we're the very beginning age of millennials. Uh, but I've never been to a concert before. If you go to a concert and it's general admission, you get there an hour early so that you can rest your arms on the stage, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you do that, you're not moving for the next three hours because if you move, somebody will move into your spot in front of the stage. This was the first concert I've ever been to where people would go to go to the bathroom in, in front of us and then expect to be let back into their spot that they had <laughs> up in front of the stage. That's not how general admission works, buddy. <laughs> You move your feet, you lose your seat. That's how it goes. I'm not letting you back up there. And Ash was like, are you, can you believe me? Like fucking millennials, right? And I'm like, I know, I know. And like, at one point, the like the opening band, AJR was the opening band. And I didn't know any of their songs. But they were opening in the middle of their set. They're like, so we want to get a photo for our Instagram. We want to get a selfie for our Instagram. So can everybody just give thumbs up? And they like pause the show and like take pictures of themselves over with like us over. The and like, I'm like, whoa, we paid, we paid $43 for them to take a <laughs> selfie. Holy shit. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Uh, and they just kept running into us like they just kept like they'd go to get beers like these big beers and then they'd come back and they'd be like uh, excuse me can I get back through no it's general admission like you moved <laughs> like and nice. they like but but I was up there already yeah that's like that's not your spot now like because you left was it an even mix of like men and women or is it mostly women or kind of couples um I would say probably a lot of couples. I did not see there was like a there was definitely a, a large amount of uh women there and uh like college kids and 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 uh like girlfriends and stuff like that. But there was a lot of couples though too. Like there was another probably like I would say mid 40s couple that were standing right in front of us. Um there was a uh a couple guy couple like right to the left of us that were really cool um and these two like 20 something girls that were just girlfriends like standing next to us that were pretty awesome uh, I, I mean the crowd was great it wasn't like anybody was shitty it's just it was just so weird to see i mean i'm used to concerts where it's just like you War. fight for that spot. Like, you're fighting for that spot. I remember, like, I went to the Weezer concert, and we were up front like that because Tenacious D opened. That's why we were there. Oh. And so, and so, like, Tenacious D did their set, and Jimmy Eat World did their set, and then Weezer started, and it was the absolute worst. Like, it was it was so terrible up that close that I, I remember just finally being like, this isn't worth it. And I turned around, and I was like, if you guys just let me out... You can have my spot. Like, just let me out. And uh, yeah, this concert, it was so weird. So <laughs> was Ash able to have a good time? Or I mean, did she oh, have yeah, a good time? Oh, yeah, she had a blast. Oh, and, yeah, she had a blast. And like, you we had such a great day. Kept up appearances. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, and I mean, I, I make it sound like I I completely hated it. I had, I, like, they put on a great show. It was just, it was more the people. It was so crowded. I have really bad, like, spatial... Um. 
fucking personal bubble. What's the, yeah. Is that what it is? My fucking personal bubble. (laughs) But but arm length of space. That's what he says. (laughs) Made it arm length of space. Yeah. (laughs) My fucking personal bubble. Yeah. No, I just like, I, I'm, for those of you who don't know me, I, I have to assume that the majority of our listeners are people who do know me. Uh, but for those of you that don't know me, I'm a big guy. I'm like, I'm I'm a big guy, uh, a walking impossibility, one might say. And oh, yeah. I, that's I a great expression. Be, but yeah, but, but I, I I would view it slightly differently. But I still like. <laughs> I always feel like I'm in the way because I'm just so big. Like, just walking through doorways and sitting in chairs and all of those things. Like I just I'm just big when I do it, and so. When I bump into people, I get insecure because I feel like it's just because I'm big that I'm bumping into them. And like Ash has no personal bubble. So when we're when we first started dating and like we would cook together in the kitchen, she thought it was cute to like constantly be bumping our butts together <laughs> or like, you know, walking and she would just like slide across my back or whatever. And I finally had to be like, that really makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm sorry I'm in the way. And she's like, You're not in the way. I'm like, why do you keep touching me then? <laughs> it's my motherfucker. Motherfucking space. Yeah, that's my the other space. thing I wrote down. He said. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So, uh, I don't know what even got me started on the Ingrid Michaelson. Thing. I was gonna no, I was gonna ask you about it because um, I remember you said you were going to do that. We had a yeah. concert um, as well. We went to see Sigaros. Um, I think I'm saying that right. An Icelandic band that I we were listening to one of their albums right when we first got together, the bride and I, about. Uh, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago. And um, so my 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 drummer friend uh, played in my band, said it was one of the top, I think I said this last episode, he's like, it's one of the top five concert experiences I've ever had. Like, you got to yeah. go if you can. So I got the tickets immediately and thought, oh, this will be nice. Um, you know, it's kind of a romantic thing from this this time for us. Um, but I also knew it was like, I don't know if she even really for sure knows who this is. <laughs> you know, I knew she would, I, I knew she would recognize at least this one song. <clears throat> right. Right. And, and it's not really in English. Like it's in Icelandic or. Which is the most, like, they, don't they say that's the most difficult language in the world is Icelandic. I oh, think. really? Oh, I hadn't heard yeah, I think that. So. But yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's really phonetic. I mean, you, you can enjoy it phonetically anyway. There are these sort of long drawn out. Um, vowels and phrases and stuff but not only that and I actually was aware of this before but now I had it confirmed it's not all Icelandic some of it's what they term Hopelandic which is a made up language (laughs) 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 oh it's it's one of those bands yeah a little bit and so I I felt that's a little Bjorky yeah a little Bjorky Bjorky (laughs) That's great. Yeah, and I think she's Icelandic too, right? So maybe yep, there's something yep. in the air over there, and they're they're maybe much they're just more. like this language is so fucking hard. I'm gonna make my own up because <laughs> yeah. that'll be easier to sing yeah. in. That's right. Yeah, that's I, I like that <sighs> idea better. And I still I do like the music, but I think yeah. it might have been the evening that we had. It was similar. Like it affected our experience of the concert for sure. Because we um, there's a my favorite beer out here is called Surly. Um, Okay. That's the brewery in St. Paul, and I really love their their um, their IPAs, uh, Furious. So 
and and actually my most recent record is called Furious the Furious Light. Nothing to do with that, but I right. once accidentally tried to order not ex yeah, no, it was accidentally. But I was like, Oh, can I have a Furious Light from a, a bar? <laughs> there is no such thing. <laughs> In a way it's like asking for a Miller light, but it doesn't exist. Right. But you're right. <clears throat> anyway, so I, I love that beer and uh it, you know, it's like the Great Lakes of the Great Lakes beer in, in Cleveland, it's it's like that out here. Okay. There's a similar kind of taste to them, and there's all these different flavors. And I think it was last year they opened a big uh, brewery. Or no, they opened their brewery as a restaurant as well. So Okay. That w- also like Great Lakes. Yeah, but this Great one. Great Lakes does that too. Yeah, no, that that's true. And th- But this one is huge. It's like a warehouse. It was astoundingly wow. big with like these giant parking lots. It was like a fucking mall. It was crazy. Um, and, and it had recently been featured. The food had been featured on the Food Network, some stuff like that recently. And I guess there was a golf tournament in town. Anyway, so we thought we'd just go there and have dinner and then go to the concert. And... Um, <clears throat> It proved to be not so simple, and we had to wait for a long time. And we go in there, and um, we were both just, it was just like hipster central. And yeah, <laughs> I have trouble <laughs> with hipsters. <laughs> and I was like, I just feel like an old man about it, but. It just a lot of the 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 fashion sort of part of it. I rarely con- yeah. converse with them because I just don't have I just don't. Right. So I don't have to have the obnoxious con- conversation so often so often about how they liked such and such before it was cool. And I will say right. I, so. I mean, a I will say I know I am wrong and petty about this. <laughs> it's not. Yes. It's not at all justified. <laughs> um, it's it's like my, me with millennials. Like I'm I am totally acknowledge the fact that it's most of it is my problem and not that i i would say that's pretty big of of us both to say that (laughs) we'll just yeah because because not because it's not just us but let's just here i'm distancing myself already from this like fuck millennials and fuck hipsters you were just you were just like listen i'm not like i know i'm being petty and i know I know that this is just me. And I was like, yeah, I can totally get behind that. I, I mean, that's how I feel about millennials. And I know that's my problem. Wait a second now. That's that's a little too far. We don't have a problem. We're not the problem. We're just old. Uh, we're just old. I mean, like, I mean, because like hipsters for me, I'm sorry, I'm cutting out no, your please. story. Yeah, no, please. No, I, no, I don't mind at all. I, I think it's for the best. I'm mean, like, gonna come back to it. I got some things to say, but you say. I mean, I, hipsters for me, like that is a group that I I feel like I could get, I would associate before I would associate with myself as a millennial. Like I consider myself, I am a late stage Gen Xer, is mm-hmm. how I would see myself, right? Like because Gen X was just fading out. Like I, I'm a late Gen Xer. Because isn't before the cutoff? Would, isn't the cutoff like 1980? Or is it? I think so. It's something like that, and that's what I was. I was born in 1980. So yeah, but hipsters, yeah, right. I would like. I would think like hipsters would be easier to get to align with. Just like I totally agree. The whole fashion thing 
and that same hairstyle that they all have that like high and tight with like super long bangs and then it's always like perfectly manicured and greased over yeah. to the side and like the beard that is just trimmed in a certain way to make it not look trimmed and <laughs> or the curled uh, mustache or it's, it's, it's like they yeah, saw the curled mustache thing is just like <laughs> it's like they saw but, fury with brad pitt and they're, they're like we're all going to have that yes. haircut <laughs> yes i don't know where yes. the beard thing comes from but well, that's, but that's, I mean, like, oh, go ahead. The yeah. other things, the other things, though, I can get behind, like PBR. I I drank PBR. Like I drank PBR before it was a big hipstery thing, mm-hmm. and like vinyl records. I know, like you listened to vinyl records yeah. when we were in high school. You listened to vinyl records. Yeah. Like you're one of the reasons why I wanted to get into vinyl now later in life was because you talked about how I I remember this conversation. Like you talked about like how you consider it so romantic. Like there's something romantic about listening to one side of a record and then actually having to go in and physically like touch it and turn it over yeah. to hear the other half of the record. And like, so like, I I'm like hipsters. I can get, I, I can kind of associate with them before millennials. So it, it's interesting to me to like, hear you be like, fuck hipsters. <laughs> like, cause yeah. like I would say like, we're like original hipsters, you know, or yeah, it's, it's interesting or, you say that. Yeah. And I, I think the thing that bothers me about it, is that it it doesn't feel genuine it feels right. it feels uh and and so that's the thing where it's just like how do i know what is and pretentious it's it, it what it is is it's the it's the meshing of hipsters with millennials together that has created this like new kind of hipster that's just like super pretentious super judgy i feel like too that's another one it's, it's yeah. just like oh i can't believe you like that because Everyone else, I mean, it's just like the goth, but instead they wear like skinny jeans and suspenders with their curly <laughs> handlebar mustaches, yes. you know, like yeah. you might as well be wearing all black and like face paint and like right, carrying yeah. an, and an od- umbrella in, this, in right. the sun. But oddly enough, I have more sympathy for that. I'm not sure why. I think because that is such an extreme way of of kind of re reinventing yourself you know it's that south park thing wait (laughs) let let me go let me let me just take this a little bit so i think it's easier to sympathize for that because there's not so many goth people because that's a harder lifestyle to associate with you can't get behind hipsters though because everybody's hipsters it's like a hipster argument for why you can't though (laughs) because because everybody's hipsters i mean i was like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch, I know. they win again. It's they I know. Again. That's right. They they do win. Uh, they are winning for sure. Um <sighs> I, so anyway, I I want to come back to a lot of these things cuz I think they're all tied up in this experience, but <clears throat> we were yeah, frustrated. I'm sorry. No, no, please. I I that's otherwise it would just be me for 40 minutes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> do a half hour on, on hipsters, but um so so we go to this brewery and we're just waiting forever and, and it's huge and we're still waiting forever and we know we're going to be late to the concert and we're like, oh, this better be good. And we're just kind of frustrated by what we're seeing around us, like the way that people are dressed and sort of their body language is irritating us yeah. as as Gen Xers. And, um, or just old people, I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> 
I'm I'm really like <laughs> that's what's big of us in this whole conversation is we're just admitting that we're getting old and it sucks yeah. to I mean, be old. It's got to be something like that because I mean that's always the you know kids today or whatever. Right. Um so the uh ultimately actually the food is amazing at this place. We had Oh, that's awesome. We tried a couple of different things and it was like worth it. And and even though we were so frustrated, I told the bride I was like I'm actually having a lot of fun watching you make fun of people or making fun of people with you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Which I just need to chime in. You are two of the most like socially conscious people I know. And to just know that. Oh, that's so fantastic. That's, Cause Ash and I do the same nice. thing. Yeah. Well, we had, yeah. um, yeah, I mean the bride is uh, a professor now and has worked in a helping profession and yeah, is, is wonderfully sensitive and in, and genuinely, uh, genuinely sensitive and, and, and all around inclusive in her, especially in her professional work. But she's so funny in that she'll be like, in my private life, I reserve the right to dislike whoever I want. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> yeah. um, and usually it, sometimes it's just like silly like this or other times it's like, well, I really dislike this person because they are the opposite of the values that I, that I hold dear. But None really in this case, we're just being like, look at this idiot <laughs> here. Look at that idiot. And also, so the food was great. The food was actually worth all that. And we ultimately had fun. Um, if that, someone has occasion to go to the Surly uh, restaurant in St. Paul, the the brisket and grits was to die for. And this plate of like roasted cauliflower or, or it was some kind of cauliflower. I can't remember how they prepared it. But so we knew we were going to be late for this, but it was worth it. It was delicious. And uh, yeah. so we did get there and I guess there was going to be an intermission, like kind of two sets. And this, this kind of beautiful ornate theater we'd been to a bunch of times. And um, so we got in there and there was the end of one song and then, and then the intermission. So the lights came up and we saw everybody and it was like the Surly restaurant on I, the hipster factor. I've literally never seen so many people with that sort of that, that would adopt that kind of moniker probably in one place ever. And I was just really? so overwhelmed and infuriated by it that I couldn't, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't enjoy anything because fuck your pomade. Yeah. I, it was just, so what it was and what it is for me more than anything is that, that, that kind of fashion, look at, look at me. Like it's a really specific crafted. Yep. It's not even to show like the, the beard stuff is disheveled. Like the sort of crafted disheveled is maybe the grunge thing that I would have been putting yeah. a part of. But, um, this whole thing, the, the look at me part of it made me crazy. I just felt, I just looked at all of these people yeah. wanting to be seen. And I, and I was like, why do I hate them for wanting to be seen? Um, and how, how, you know, is that somehow different than these, like the goth or the punk or something? And I guess the thing that I keep imagining, and maybe that's the same thing too. It's like one day <laughs> you're one, one person. And the next day you get that haircut or you grow that mustache and you buy the tight, flannel and or in skinny jeans or whatever it is and then you're just like i'm this guy now or this girl 
And as I say it out loud, I realize how horrible it is of me to say, because, <laughs> because yeah, that's all those things. Like, I think I would have more respect for the punk idea or the goth idea. I don't know why this particular one bugs me other than because I'm old, <laughs> but it ruined the concert for no. me. <laughs> no, but oh, it ruined the concert. That's terrible. I was just like, like I can't associate with these people. <laughs> I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was yeah. like, that's horrible, dude. <laughs> you shouldn't, you don't, obviously I don't really hate them, but, and we did get to hear the one song that we did know and, and we left way early. <laughs> We kind of left <laughs> shortly thereafter. We're like, but here's the thing: go? if the band you're going to see is just singing in a made-up language, anyways, make up your own language on the ride home, <laughs> and you don't know you could be singing one of their songs. I suppose, right? yeah, yeah. I yeah. Like, so I still feel kind of bad about it, and even worse now that I've said it out loud. And listen, <laughs> no, no, it's okay because that like. For this little bit of judging that we're doing over, like, I have seen, I have watched hipsters just, like, totally tear down people because they like something or because something is unique and whatever. And that haircut in skinny jeans, I just don't get it. I think there's, there is the, it's the look at me thing that bugs me, but, and the, the kind of, uh, um, I, it seems as though there's an arrogance and then there is that that judging factor I don't like. I'm finding yeah. that I don't think it's necessarily as I get older, but as I get older, I, whether it's politics or whatever or religion, I find that the, the part of all of that stuff that really makes me cringe is anytime there becomes a them and us. You know, right. says the guy right. who's just talking about hipsters as though they're they're them. them. So it's yeah, probably right. the me and them that I hate. <laughs> right. No, no. Uh, but like, but punk. Okay, so like, let's break this down. So like, grunt or like the the goth. That's a very. The, there's there's a reason why there you the lights didn't come up and they were all goth in there because that is, that's a tough lifestyle. That's a very niche. That's probably let's say it that way. That's a very niche lifestyle that you would want to live. I mean, and, and maintain, and you only want to associate with other goth people. Where so like I don't think they're as in your face as like a hipster would be. Yeah, and there's there seems to be a sense of community about that, and it's almost about like a goth, costumes. Yeah. yeah, it's like they might as well sure. be those people who go to Renaissance fairs or something. It's like absolutely there's community absolutely. there. Whereas with the hipster thing, it it's this kind of like well, I'll just wear ordinary clothes, but in an irksome way. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and like and like punk, in my opinion, like that comes out of necessity, for, of based on the lifestyle that you live in the in the, and that is that your the clothes and the hairstyles and all the things that you wear, that is that is counterculture fashion. Yeah, you're, you like mohawks, like the old. Uh, when I hear when I think of punk, I think of like eighties punk mm -hmm. with the like three foot tall mohawks that are like razor thin around like over the guy's head right yeah like that mohawk people wore that mohawk because that was a that wasn't hey look at me i'm punk that was fuck your hairstyle fuck like your comb you know your parts and all that stuff i'm gonna instead of a part down the middle of my hair i'm just gonna have hair just down the middle of my head because fuck all of it. Yeah. Like fuck your society and everything. Yeah. It's like openly aggressive, which is maybe right. why I respect it more because it is an acknowledgement of like, yeah, I'm doing this on purpose because fuck you. Right. Whereas with right. the hipsters, it there seems to be this thing of somehow trying to just be fashionable and why fit in. Why would you wear your hair any other way? Because this is the cool way to wear your hair. Like, yeah. 
that seems more I, like either to fit in or somehow be exclusionary where the punk feels more like a reaction of like this other I, stuff is bullshit. And I know that like the, the whole argument has always made like any of those counterculture movements there like that, that stem from trying to be counterculture as soon as they take off as a movement, they're no longer countercultural because they have created their own culture. Yeah. So right. yeah. that argument, so like, you know, I'm sure there was a point in time where it was like everybody had that punk mohawk and then it stopped being punk to have that mohawk because everybody had it. You know what I mean? And like yeah. it started being cool. Uh, like new punks are, I don't know, like they're totally different. They're like, I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, hipsters, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. So was, I, I've been thinking about that. So I'm glad you mentioned. I was going to ask you about the concert. Expecting a different. I don't know what I expected, but in a way, we had similar experiences. We did. We really did. Because <laughs> we had a like really crazy dining experience too. Oh yeah. The, yeah, like I mean, we didn't go anywhere cool. We just went to like Buca de Beppo, but like that sounded like a hopelandic word. What is that place? Buca de Beppo, you never been there. It's like the, it's like this uh -uh. big like family style Italian place, and like it, I don't know, it was downtown Columbus, and just it was so outrageous. They kept they sat us in the bar, and they kept seating people in the bar, and there was one bartender working the whole bar. The Ooh. the every Buca de Beppo I've ever been at, it's like set up like this big giant maze. Like, they're really easy to get lost in, and they just tuck tables all over the place, and that's, like, part of their, like, kitsch, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so the bar area probably had the whole bar, and then there was maybe um, six high tops, and then probably 12 to 18 booths that wrapped around that made up the room area of the bar, right? Okay. The bartender was the only person working that area. And then when we got there, it was already half full. And then they sat us in that area. And so this, and then this poor woman, I watched her at one point, she like took her tickets that had been spitting out for or drink orders. And it was at least three feet long. And like each ticket was like oh, only geez. like, so she's all backed up on that. The manager's getting frustrated because she can't keep up with her tables the hostesses keep sitting people in her bar area. Uh, it was just a horrendous experience because we were just constantly waiting for everything. And like, this was so funny. Like she was so swamped. I know I'm fairly confident that she did this. On, on, I, I can't, I shouldn't say that. It, this is all very suspicious. So like she came over finally and like we were all done eating and she was like, okay, did you guys want to get some dessert? And we were like, everything there is served family style. So you don't get like a single serving of anything. You, everything's like the small serves two to three people and the large serves six to eight people. Right. Okay. So like we got like a thing of fettuccine Alfredo that was enough for each of us to get seconds from and like these little entrees that there were three chicken breasts on this thing that we split. And the, so the desserts, there was, we didn't have any room for that, and we needed to get to the concert. So we we're like, no, but um, we'll definitely take, we'll each take a cup of coffee. That would be great. And she's like, so no dessert? And we're like, no, no dessert, just a <laughs> cup of coffee. And she's like, just coffee? Yep, just coffee. Okay. So then like 10 minutes later, no coffee. Oh. She comes over with our bill, and she's like, all right, you guys have a nice night. I'll take that whenever you're ready. And I'm like... 
okay. So I like put my credit card down to like pay for the bill. And now she's like, so no coffee? And I was like, apparently not no coffee. So she comes over and like, I was like, maybe she's going to bring it when she comes to like take the bill. And I was, and she's like, okay. So she comes and takes the bill. Does not bring coffee. No the, coffee. Is the coffee on the bill? No coffee on the bill. Right? So I'm like, okay, well, at least she didn't charge us for the coffee. But then when she comes back, the itemized receipt, like the one that we gave with the credit card, had the, like, survey, like, call for whatever. She doesn't <laughs> She doesn't bring that back when she after she swiped our card. Like, she left that. She, like, threw that away, <laughs> but brought us just the credit card ones. And by this point in time, the whole bar area is full, and it's just her in there. And, like... There's people complaining, like, these people had their salads, like, and and I heard the one lady say, or Ash heard the one lady say, like, man, this salad looks delicious. If only I had a plate and silverware to eat it with. And, oh, like, Jesus. So, like, I, I mean, just terrible. So, like, when the manager, when we go to check out, like, I call the manager over and I was like, that poor girl is drowning in there. And he's like, I'm just sending somebody in to help her. I'm like, you should have done that 30 minutes ago. Like, this poor girl is, is just, like, being ridiculous. So... She's spiting people on coffee. And <laughs> yeah. Like, That's going to be the say, though. I mean, yeah, but it's just like, she's like, I'm not wasting my time with your coffee. That's essentially how, how we were treated. Like, I don't have time to get you coffee. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, she definitely uh, heard you because she repeated it like several times. Yeah. Oh, just the coffee? Yeah. Just oh, so the we're coffee just getting then? coffee now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so, no, you're not getting the coffee. <laughs> no coffee for you. Yeah. But you guys were still true. on time. Oh, yeah, we were still on time. We weren't late for the concert. That was good. It was general admission, so, like... Sorry, the the bride is over here. I have to project no. so he can hear me. Sorry. I'm going to project on your face. You can't... Oh. Your face is projection. <laughs> she just said, I'm going to project on your face. <laughs> that was very feminist of her to say that. I guess. <laughs> you don't get to say that. I don't know. I couldn't come up with a... Oh, she just said that's not a good thing. <laughs> I hear her. She's projecting just fine. <laughs> Palmer says you're projecting just fine. What he says he can hear you and you're projecting just fine. Oh, yeah. So you made it. You saw the concert. We saw the concert. Uh, we got in line just fine. Uh, it was general admission, so like the line was wrapped around the venue when we got there. But then we got in, and like I said, we were only like maybe four or five people deep from the front of the stage, which was great. That's pretty cool, so, yeah. Yeah. So, and Ingrid Michelson was hot. Oh, is she hot. really? Oh, God. oh man. Now I gotta look uh, up. That's she's, always fun. <laughs> she's like, she's, she's like redheaded and, uh, just attractive in like that nerdy girl kind of way i have a very i have a vague like sense of what she looks like oh i oh yeah that'll do <laughs> that works for me you, you know what you need to watch <laughs> is you need so to watch the oh my god we can't let these out to the world it's all just like who else is bad and who is hot <laughs> this one this episode is a little like it's very out of character for both of us. Like I mean, we're typically like yes, so much better than this. I'd like to think so, but I think this way a lot. <laughs> but that's the thing is like you are allowed to think about it. You just don't put it out there. Like it, yeah, like, that's true. I mean, Thank you can't you. help but think about it. Like it's the 
that's just the human nature of stuff, right? Yeah. It's it's what you choose to put out into the world and what you choose to act on, you know, like. And and besides, it's not like either of us are running for president, right? right? I know. I was I was thinking about that. <laughs> the kind of oh, like... I try to I try to not like be political and just like especially on something like this because I don't want to polarize and and alienate. I would I would much rather people enjoy our conversation than hate what we're talking about. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like I I try not to do that, but man, I was I was Trump listening. is just in a spiral. I think <laughs> and well the. A couple, so I I I listen to some podcasts where the the this stuff barely comes up if at all, and then it's one where they do deal with it, and uh, I I got it's a comedy podcast, so it's like I'm not tuning in to hear. Oh, at least I didn't think I was tuning in to hear what so and so or so and so had to say about the debates, but god damn it, if this one that I listen to, like they always <laughs> disappoint me <laughs> in what they say, and some of it is hedging the bets or trying to just obviously protect a listener base. I'm just like, yeah. holy shit. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> so for out of respect for you, I will plead the fifth, but man, I, it is a, it's a serious time. <laughs> it feels like anyway, it feels so scary no, to me. It, it totally is a serious time. I mean, absolutely serious time. To think of, check that out. <gasps> oh, that way to change the subject. Where did that yeah. come from? That's a, he just that, shared a picture of Ingrid Michaelson with like a fake hipster mustache. <laughs> it, hanging from her glasses, but it's just like, whew. So the, do you see my mouse like rolling around mm -hmm. on there? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, she's just... Look at, I mean, just. Look. Oh, no. Oh. I got a thing for glasses and updos. I can't take it. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Huh. Wow. I didn't realize. <laughs> so that's. That makes the you music watch, sound better somehow. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you watch the girls chase boys chase girls video, that is, that video is fantastic. Um, it's. It's a spoof on a Robert Palmer, the Robert Palmer. Oh video. yeah, the uh, the famous one with the women in black dresses. Yeah, and so she does that whole video, and there are women in there, but there's also men being objectified in that video, and like, uh, it, I, it's just, it, well, she's satirizing the objectification of women yeah. from that video by objectifying everyone in the video, including herself. So, um. Really good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it would be foolish to not think that looks like that we're discussing them are part of any kind of um, entertainment, you know, uh, equation. You know, honestly, I noticed yeah. even in my own playing music. Oh my god! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I got. Oh, a no, lot. Stop it! <laughs> stop! That's terrible. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's locker room talk. It's fine. It's it's there fine. are things that people say. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard them. <laughs> I didn't I say. Have, that. I have never. I. I mean, and I have said some outrageous things, but I have never <laughs> been like, "I'm just gonna grab her by the pussy." <laughs> Ever? <Yeah>. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. It's so, so outrageous, but it's also upsetting too that the. It's not as though he hasn't said equally horrendous things for months and months and months. No, <laughs> he just you're, hasn't you're said exactly those right. words. Like, 
But, it, uh, uh, yeah. It's, Shit. That could be a whole other episode. I know. Well, and I, I did think about when we release these ultimately, like, it's like, oh, we just cut out the political asides because they can be cut out and because it'll probably be old news or... um, Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, about the objectifying musicians or movie stars or something. I mean, I... I so as somebody who will all too often be like, you know, or as we discussed last episode, my wife brings someone up. I said, <laughs> um, I think that excuse me, I realized later as I got a little older and my metabolism continued to slow down that um, that early when I was playing music in public, I was like, oh, I was handsome then. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure that had a lot to do with any success I was having. <laughs> um, that this is so this is so funny because I can I can totally relate to this. So the first school that I taught at was another online school, and there was a counselor who taught who worked there, who we really struck it off and like we were really good friends she was hilarious and had a totally vulgar sense of humor like i did and just like we got along very well and she i happened to either be listening to some of your music or i was had you up on my myspace because facebook wasn't around back then oh yes and like and saw your picture she saw your picture she's like i know that guy I've been like he used to play by Kent State all the time, and I was oh, like, wow. "Oh yeah, I went to a but like this is my buddy Dave. Like I went to high school with him." And she's like, "Shut up!" And like we realized <laughs> that we were at. Remember that shop that the little shop that you used to work at that I would fall asleep at the concerts sometimes. Oh, the, like, Susan's! I played there all the time. Yeah, it's not there anymore. with the couch. I would yeah, fall with the asleep. like. <laughs> I, that's so, but uh, that well, sounds so awful. I'm such a terrible no, no, friend. It, no, it's just so funny because it's like, no, it's I, I didn't mean that at all. Um, I fall asleep. <laughs> I fall asleep all the time. If, in all fairness, I fall asleep yeah. on everything, like during making movies, uh, conversations. Oh, like, movies. is that a Larry I, reference? That is a fucking Larry <laughs> reference. I just remembered that fucking that. guy. Yeah, oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, so... Um, it's hard to be you. You get tired. Jack, Jacko gets tired, falls asleep all the time. Yeah. Nobody, it, well, but, I was going to say but, nobody gives him shit, but like, whatever. People catch shit, people fall asleep. I don't. I don't that's right, me. it happens. <laughs> and so, um, but we ended up finding out that you, that we were at a show, like before we even knew of each other and would ultimately work with each other, we were at a show at the same time. Oh, wow. But her whole thing was like, I just stumbled upon him. I went there to study one time and he was playing and she's like, I had to go home and change my underwear. Like that's. (laughs) Whoa, that's amazing. I'll live off that for a while. That's what you did, buddy. And she was good looking too. So like, I I mean, yeah, she was an attractive young lady. Well, I'm sure I noticed because I'm a pig. (laughs) Wow. That's Uh, exciting. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so she like she talked, and she, then she said she would continue to when she would find you were coming to play there. She would make, go out of her way to go there just to I fuck you, basically. Whoa! Like, I guarantee, like I I couldn't tell you who this is or what she looks like, but I guarantee I would have noticed her being there more than once. I always yeah. noticed that kind of thing. 
yeah a man woman or child the children right. were never there <laughs> right. right wow that's exciting Woo. Hmm. so I'll yeah be walking a little taller tomorrow <laughs> hell yeah man you walk fucking tall i was walk tall i was turning oh, heads in 2006 <laughs> you were you were indeed oh that's fucking this, awesome this integrated michelson turned mine tonight <laughs> she's so hot so we should soon talk about maximum yeah. overdrive but i do want to ask because right. you said that your dad had some more tests last week right oh yeah so this is uh this is exciting stuff i have pages of notes by the way of uh for maximum overdrive oh awesome <laughs> yeah, so do i uh, i like this is it's just this like scrolling oh wow you typed of just like yeah this is easier for me than like my handwriting is so shitty and then I would not be able to read my notes and then I would be focusing on that instead of watching the movie. It's just quicker for me to just type. And they're just little blurbs of things. And I noticed I'm not a very good critic because all I do is point out all the shitty stuff. I don't I like... think that's mostly what I did. Though there might be times yeah. where I for me, like the shitty in this movie was also the things I liked about it. <laughs> or I mean like yeah. I was just like oh, this is oh, awesome. no, there's, not the there's only great thing. stuff. <laughs> but... There's great stuff in there. Uh, but uh my dad let's let's get that go back to that so um my dad had a thir that third biopsy and they had been saying that i mean we we knew him when he left the hospital the last time he would be going back in for another round of chemotherapy and so then he they had him take a third biopsy he was home for about a month in between he was in the hospital for a month home for about a month and in that time he took a third biopsy uh they were waiting for that to come back and the whole when the results did come back in they said oh good news like your when the, he was diagnosed he was at 28 percent when he left after the first round of chemotherapy he was right around 10 percent leukemia cells mm -hmm. But they said they needed a third biopsy to know, and I think I explained this in one of the other ones, like they needed a third biopsy to know if that 10% was stable, if it would increase back up, like creep back up towards the 28%, or if it it could even have gone lower. And so when that third biopsy in, the, in that time he was home, when that came back, they said, oh, you're between 5 and 10%, and anything below 5% they consider in remission, oh. which was which is all awesome. Yeah. So this past Monday is when he went in to be readmitted for his next round of chemotherapy. And one piece of the biopsy is a culture that takes a, a certain amount of days for it to come in before they can get the results of this culture. And so when he, the last time he had talked to his doctor, that culture had not come in yet. And when his Doctor, when he goes into the hospital this past Monday and the doctor came in, they started saying things like congratulations and we're so happy for you and all this stuff. And he finally said, what are you talking about? His number actually is at 0.4%. So he Whoa. is in remission. So, oh my God, that's uh, awesome. Full remission, which is good. Uh, he's still, they're still doing, I, there's a special word that they said for the type of chemotherapy that he's doing, but it's, it's just... It's outpatient. They're expecting to send him home this weekend, actually, after he does. Uh, it's a five-day round, but he only gets treated. He gets one bag 
on day one, one bag on day three, and one bag on day five, which the first time he did chemo, it was a, it was close to seven days, and he was on a continuous bag the whole time. So oh, wow. it's just a fraction of what he was getting before. So, um, yeah, they'll send him home to do his recovery um, outpatient. Uh, he'll there's still probably every likelihood he will experience the typical flu-like side effects of chemotherapy. Um, probably not to the same extreme that he did this last round, but they're like, you're fantastic. Like everything's good. Uh, or everything's golden, I think. So oh, outstanding. That's so uh, cool. Yeah. It was so weird and just like surreal. Um, which was, it was just fucking awesome. So been kind of riding on that this week. So yeah, doing great. He's doing great. As great as can be expected. That's great. That that so, that's the kind of news that makes you feel like some some chick said you're hot ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But like time, like exponentially, like you know, cubed or whatever the fuck. That's well, a terrible, I mean, like, terrible callback. It's actually so much better than that. <laughs> my no, no, it, no. It's it it. I mean, because grain. I'm still taking it with a grain of salt. Because my dad and stepmom are really bad at they just hear what they want to hear and then they fill in the blanks with the rest. And so like I had to say to my stepmom like multiple times, like the doctor used the word remission, right? And uh, yeah. yes, 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 he said remission. I was like, okay. But I still there's still a part of my brain that's like, I want to hear a doctor say that before like I'm I'm a hundred percent committed to it. Um it's like the smoking thing, you know, like I need I wanted to wait. For the long, the majority of the time, I have not been smoking. I still am like, don't say I quit. Like I haven't quit. I just haven't oh. smoked in this long. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's so because that like I could, I could cave in any minute. So, well, how, uh, where, where are you at? What, what are your numbers? I hit three digits today. I am at one hundred days. <gasps> oh, I just let's cheers to that. Do you got something? Yeah, I got, I got something right here. <laughs> okay. Of course I got something. I got my hipster, my hipster beer, that, but hey. I can vouch for that. You've, you've always drunk that, which is yeah. the most hipster thing to say, but it's true. Yeah. Yours is not really, it's not like a I, tall I, boy. I, I, I drank PBR before it was cool to drink PBR. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I hate tall boys because well, they get go. warm. Like, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. But cheers, cheers to the other. <laughs> Oh, 100 man. days 100 okay. days how many do you have the thing can you tell me the some of the the vitals like you earned back i i finally have saved over 500 dollars by not smoking 513 dollars actually what are you gonna do with that loot <laughs> uh it's uh, it's literally non-existent in my in my account I, it's like <laughs> it, my my budget has already swallowed that's actually was one of the larger motivations for quitting smoking was i finally I broke down our budget and like actually filled out a spreadsheet and like to see where our money was going. And I came to the conclusion that I could not afford to smoke. Like, Holy shit. Oh, I guess that'll do it, but that's a bummer. Yeah. For a vice. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so there was that. And, uh, so my budget has already swallowed up that $513. I, according to the app, I have earned back seven days of my life. Uh, which is good. Getting um, done in seven days. Yep. My cravings are in the yellow, which is good. They're no longer code orange. There is still days, though, where it's just like every... It's all I can fucking think about. 
and oh and like, god that's you that know what i mean terrible like and uh yeah so i have not smoked though this is still the most impressive one to me i have not smoked 1710 cigarettes since i quit yeah that that's a that does sound <laughs> pretty cool yeah we got the seven days but then we hear the 1000 <laughs> yeah like i mean just to uh, 1700 i i consume i would have consumed 1700 cigarettes on in that time like that i didn't even think i smoked that much but that to me in like 100 days like that sounds like that's a ridiculous amount you know yeah it's so well congratulations that's that's 100 days any any days i mean that but that's a that's a nice milestone it is it is so yeah, the next big the next big update would probably be when I hit six months. So when that says Ooh. 180, like that that would be a big one. And then the the year. I think if I hit a year, I think I could really be confident when I say I quit smoking. Like I nice. haven't done this in a year. You know, um, it's almost easy to say like you 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 don't do something if you've gone a year not doing it. So um, that's especially. A- something that you did every day yeah that's um there's um an american indian thing about i'm gonna butcher this well it's not it's not especially complicated at least in the way that i understand it but it's i think it's like i don't know if it's the grieving process or sort of all we'll just use the grieving process as an example but they say so there's something about that year i don't know that they say a year but it takes you know, a full round of seasons to experience all those seasons without that thing or person. Yeah. So yeah. maybe, so that, so you quit right before we saw you. So in, what month was that? It was, oh, was it August or September or? July. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that was the, that was, and that was the first week that I was not smoking. I know. I thought that was such an interesting choice of like, let's go on vac- this, this long vacation road trip and I'll quit this thing that <laughs> will be really hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, what's funny. So there, like I, there's two, there was two trains of thought on that. Um, the first one is, uh, uh, David Sedaris's book, where he quit smoking in the whole book centers around him quitting smoking. And his big thing was that you have to change your whole, like you should quit smoking around a change. He had read that. Uh Yeah, that makes sense. And like a change in your life. So like you, you're changing a new job. And, and I have since read that multiple times that any habit is easier to break if you do it around a major change in your life. So like changing jobs or moving or whatever, because you're going to be rebuilding routines and it's easy to build things out of your routine when you're starting from scratch with new routines. And so, um, so there was that like and David Sedaris, like moved to Japan for a year to quit smoking. Like that was how he changed. Uh, so there was like that thinking was it will get me out of my normal daily routine if because we're going to be in the car for the bulk of this week. And then the other train of thought was like the car was m- my biggest trigger. I loved smoking uh. and driving. And it was like, let's break that trigger right off the get go. Because if you can break that hard trigger of smoking while you drive, 
then all the other triggers will be if that's the hardest one all the other ones will you can always use that as a base of comparison well you don't smoke when you drive so like this time where you would normally have a cigarette is going to be nowhere near as hard as that was but it was actually really easy i think the com combination of it being so unique and experiencing like so many new things at the same time and i'm not going to ever i i can't i i could almost kick myself in the ass for the amount of time that I spent looking down my nose at the idea of using patches or using gum or using lozenges. Cause those things were just like, they were like training wheels for learning my life without cigarettes. Yeah. You know, and like, and I got to slowly weed myself off of those training wheels, which, um, you don't use any of those aids to not no, smoke. I, I didn't. I like before I quit, I really looked down my nose at them because I did not want to, I didn't want to, part of it was I didn't want to become addicted to like chewing the gum. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And then the other part was, no, I'm strong enough. Like I can do this. Like I don't need this thing to break this. And I was not strong enough, you know? And so then on that trip is when I started using the lozenges and I used patches too. And both of those things like, Seriously, if you're like anybody is listening is like having trouble. If you truly want to quit, I think that's like the big thing with any addiction. And you know, you're the only person that knows if you truly want to quit. You can say you want to quit. You can like people can ask you if you want to quit and you could say yes. But in your heart of hearts that like I I had come to the conclusion in my heart of hearts that I I despised smoking and I wanted to give it up. And I, I mean, I, I guess that's what alcoholics and drug addicts talk about in the 12 steps with their rock bottom is, and really, I think that's like, and I could be totally butchering this, but that's what I would envision. Like your rock bottom being is not like, of course that usually centers around the time when you're like literally in the gutter. <laughs> but I mean, my life was not in shambles or terrible over smoking but in my heart of hearts, I realize, I think those things help you realize I really don't like what I'm doing. And I think that's what rock bottom is, is at the root of it is where you're like, I don't like what I'm doing here. And I, I can accept the fact that I am out of control. I don't have the control over this anymore. And so if you're really struggling with that, like there are resources, I, I'm you know, like in Ohio, they have the like 1-800-QUIT-NOW. They will mail you patches and lozenges. Like oh, they, wow. Like sight unseen. They want you to quit. So like, like though there are those resources. And trust me, like if you if you're in your heart of hearts want to quit, don't be ashamed to use those things to help you do that. I went to a class. Like my local hospital had a class. You went in. It was like a support group. They gave you patches. They gave you lozenges. And they worked. And if you're, and if you wanted, like, don't be, don't be embarrassed or ashamed to use those resources. You don't have to do it. Like, and try, for me to say that, that says says a lot because I'm not the type of person that easily accepts, and definitely does not easily ask for help. I'm really, I'm, I am a very proud person to the to a fault. So, but I'm telling you, like. Don't be ashamed to do that because it is hard. It, like smoke, quitting smoking was one of the personally one of the hardest things I've ever done. And 
Really, those lozenges, the patches, and the class did not make it feel like it was that hard. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm only saying it was hard because of all the times that I tried to quit unsuccessfully when I just tried to do it on my own. Yeah. Like that's that's what made it hard. So That's excellent. I think you did some good there, sir. Well, both, oh. for, both for yourself and for anyone who stumbles across this. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Like I didn't know you felt that way about the the um those the AIDS or whatever. That's Yeah. That's pretty badass. <laughs> it it uh yeah, well, I mean, I did you know, I was so against them for so long, but now it's just like that's I could not imagine like I I can't imagine. I I I was not able to be successful quitting without those things. So I think like swallow your pride. It look in the heart of your in your heart of hearts. If you truly hate and you're the again the only one that knows that, don't be afraid to use resources to help you do that. Like just just go seek them out. They're there. So nice. Let's talk about this terrible fucking 80s movie. That That's is just not so terrible. <laughs> but it, the, it's well. so, it, it's awesomely, how did I say it in the text? It's like awesomely terrible. So, like yeah, it's, that's fair. It's uh, it, it, it's like a mystery science theater 3000 movie. Like that, it's like that, to me, it's like that type of movie that you would see on mystery science theater 3000. Like, you know that show? Oh yeah. No, I was just trying okay. to decide um, how, how I felt about that statement. When did you first see this movie? I I have a distinct memory as oh, a we sh- child. We should say what it is, I suppose. Just <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. We're talking no, about let's ma- give it a let's yeah. give it a good intro because this is going to probably wrap up the episode. So. And is this is this? I mean, do we call this a Stephen King corner or? This is definitely a Stephen King corner. Yeah, because I think this is. I, I'm sure we'll be talking about what we're listening to now or or reading right now by Stephen King and. I'm, I'm, I'm all of that's going to tie into. I know I have connections to uh, this movie, to what I'm re- listening to right now by Stephen King. Um, but this is definitely Stephen King Corner. So this is where the, the and the sound bite that you're about to hear yes. is taken from this movie. So, uh, yeah, here we all go. Right. Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. So we are about to talk about the nineteen eighty six gem written. Or adapted for the screen and directed by Stephen King himself. Yes. Maximum Overdrive. Starring Emilio Estevez. Like <laughs> That's like, a wonderful pronunciation of that name. Yeah. <laughs> uh so <sighs> when did, so I wanted to know when you first saw this. All right. So I have a distinct memory of going to my aunt's house who lived in Wellington uh, 
probably, I mean, this would have been when it came out on video. So I would say, I mean, back then things would take a year at least to come out on video. So this would have been 87 probably. Nice. And I remember um, seeing it on the screen. I remember my, my, my uncle talking about it and laughing about it, but real, I mean, I remember it, that being the movie, I can picture my aunt's living room, but then the only other thing that I can imagine that I can, there's two images that I can remember from that. And that's the, the semi truck, like the, the, the main truck with the, um, the green goblin truck, green goblin truck. Yeah. The toy truck. And, uh, the waitress screaming, we made you, and then getting shot by the machine gun. Which oh, yeah. That's, that's not how machine guns work <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, in the sense that like, there was no mechanics that should have allowed that machine gun to spin around. There's no machine for the comic I actually one of my notes uh, <laughs> this is this is a good segue into one of my notes is it says uh a person with a modicum knowledge of how mechanical devices and simple machines work should be insulted at how some of these <laughs> machines were able to function and then the example that I gave so that machine gun with no mechanics in it spinning around on its own is one but like the pressurized soda machine that kills the softball coach, like there's, there's nothing in a soda. It's gravity causes the soda to fall out of the machine like that. There's nothing. There's nothing that it's not like there's a mechanic in there that causes that soda to be like, I'm just going to lightly throw it out of the soda machine right. until, until the earth passes through the tail of this comet. And then I'm like, fuck you, humanity. <laughs> Fastball, fastball, fastball. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not that's not how machines work. That's just not how they work. And so that's amazing. Uh, I had not thought of that at all. I just accepted those things at face value. <laughs> and that I'm assuming is what is what Stephen King was hoping for. But it's just no. Like there's no. There's no soda throwing arm in a soda machine that just that just gives you like lobs them normally right. until it gets pissed and then it's like nope <laughs> ninety mile an hour fastball right to the head. So it just occurred to me that um, that someone listening m- might not know the premise of the movie, so we should probably yeah. set set that up. Um, I know that happens to me a lot where I hear about these movies that that, that I was maybe aware of or not. And then based on a discussion like this, I'll go finally check it out. And def- the, the title card <laughs> does a great job of setting it up. <laughs> what, so like, Oh yeah. Do you have that? Or I do. I, um, I don't have the title card. I can give the, I'll, I'll paraphrase. Or if you want to paraphrase. No, no, please. Like, I, I can't remember. I, I have written down June 19th, 1987. That was my own only note yeah. for the, that screen. So um, it, it the Earth passes through the tail of a comet that had passed close to Earth, and that there because they they cut they they try to cut to the 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 exposition in the movie a couple times where there it takes place in South Carolina, and 
there's almost like the aurora borealis every night and that's the tail of the comet that there that the earth is its orbit is passing through this tail and i and it's never outright explained but i would assume somewhere in there is like whatever the radiation is happening from this comet is causing the mechanical devices to all become sentient and it's not just enough that they're sentient they are also bloodthirsty and despise humanity <laughs> yeah. um and then the last the last title card at the end says something about there was a UFO that was shot down by a Russian satellite. Uh and I because like Emilio has that 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 scene where he's like looking at the blisters on his hands from pumping gas for an hour right. and uh, <laughs> um he uh he just starts talking about if you were an alien and we were and you were looking at the earth and you saw this nice planet that just needed some cleaning and what would you do so i think that was him trying like stephen king trying to like explain that these these aliens used the tail of the comet to purge humanity so they could come and take over earth i think that's the, uh, like, the general gist of it yeah but there's a small group of rednecks that get trapped at a <laughs> at a like truck that. stop a, a, at a truck stop by these sentient semis who are just like circling the truck stop and hold them hostage essentially for a day and a half and their exploits over that day and a half and how they survive this until the earth passes back out of the tail of the comet. Perfect. Yes. Was that a good synopsis? Like, yeah, excellent. I, I'm I, I, I mean, spoil, thing, so. spoiler laden synopsis. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. so like <laughs> just so you guys know, you won't have to watch this movie probably by the time we're done. You'll know everything, all the ins and outs. So, but definitely go, still go see it. Even though we're going to spoil the hell out of it, this movie is totally worth watching. It's so fantastic. It, it's fantastic and it's fantastically wrong in all the right ways. Oh, like, that is like, excellently said. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it is. Oh, is it so like I here's here's my my spin on it. I have never used cocaine ever. <laughs> all right. But I think that this movie and, and Stephen King has gone on record to say he was in the height of his cocaine days when he directed this movie. Yeah. So I think that this movie is a better representation of what it's like to use cocaine than like Wolf of Wall Street, which I know they use quaaludes in that or whatever, like any other drug movie, I really think that this is what it would be like to be on cocaine because it's just so disjointed and just like, it's imagery, 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 imagery. And there's no real, for such a brilliant storyteller that it's really lacking on story. Yeah, right? like, yeah. Um, other oh, than the forced like romantic interest between <laughs> the two leads. Like that's just like... I have that was the thing eventually I gave up on. I think the other yeah. thing I, I suppose I we haven't mentioned that I, I wanted to was that um this the so Stephen King did write and direct this for the screen and is the only movie thus far he has uh directed, but it, it is based on his own um short story uh trucks from Night Shift, uh the a short story collection I just recently read. 
Um, Which I did not read. I have not read Trucks. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah, because I had to read it because it wasn't part of one of the audiobooks right, that I was listening right. to. Yes, yes. So I'm curious to find out, like, how does this, re- how does Maximum Overdrive? Because there is also a 2009. Oh, and I think like, it's almost like a made-for-TV movie uh, called Trucks. I could be wrong. I want to say it's 97. Only because I watched oh, 97. Yeah, I watched You're the right, preview it was not for in that. The I was gonna. I was. I wanted to watch it, and then I was like, "Well, I'll watch the preview for it because I knew we were talking about it tonight." Um, yeah. Is a Trimark Pictures release? If that tells yeah, you anything. Which, yeah. Not good. <laughs> and they mentioned that several times in the trailer. So there you go. That um, it's not good. No, that it's a Trimark. Oh, Pictures that is a Trimark. Yeah. So it's a direct-to-video thing. Um, they star that they also make a point of mentioning several times is Timothy Bustfield. Who is he's got red hair and usually wears a beard. White Yeah. The bride just yelled from down the bottom stairs thirty something, which was my note. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he might be in Field of Dreams too. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um but so and so in this because uh, I was curious. I'm very curious about this remake in particular because usually if a movie is remade I don't know. I don't. Are there other times when a movie, a short or a, a, a novel or a short story, has been adapted by its author, directed by its author, and right. then somebody else is like, "Nah, didn't get it right." <laughs> <I'm gonna> <laughs> <direct> <laughs> it. <laughs> It's just man, that Stephen King didn't know what the fuck he was yeah. talking about when he He's adapted like, his own story. Right, yeah. exactly. It's kind of interesting in that way. So I was fascinated by this well, adaptation. But enough. that's but that's my question is like, how did so you read Trucks? Mm-hmm. Does Maximum Overdrive follow the short story Trucks? Like, I would does say it, yeah. In as much as because the thing with these short stories, so. For anyone just, I don't know why you would tune into this episode prior to the others or whatever, but I'm, I, both Palmer and I have been working our way through Stephen King's catalog, mostly in audiobooks in order. He's been doing it for three years. <laughs> I've been doing it for a few months. And reading Night Shift, this, I think, 1978 collection of short stories has uh, among it. Children of the Corn. So I recently watched that movie. And then now... Uh, yeah, I think that's the only other one that's been made into... I mean, The Lawnmower Man, but I just read today that, that he sued to get his name disassociated Off with that. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they just they just used the name. Yeah. And, and, like, they didn't... I'm pretty sure The Lawnmower Man, the story... And so you've read this. So I did. That's confirm. another one I had to read. I, no, that one is an audio one. I, but I that's the one where the guy, like actually eats the grass right <laughs> yeah, like yeah. isn't that what he does like yeah and it's like it's so gross that that movie is just dist- or that story is disturbing because he yeah. talks about like the grass like dripping cool. from his like yeah and he's like naked. i remember <laughs> yeah I, and he's naked and like and he just that i don't know what it is about that short story but it is very disturbing yeah there are a few that are really upsetting um why i did i mention that you wouldn't know. Oh, because uh, we were talking. You were talking about the movies that you had watched that oh. all came from this one collection of short stories. So, yes. So far, I only watched. So there's the theatrical ones like Carrie and Salem's Lot, which is the TV yeah. movie, but still feature length. And of course, The Shining followed yep. next. At least 
um, in the published novels by Night Shift, which contains the short story for Children of the Corn and Trucks, both of which I did have to read and weren't part of the audio. I wonder why right. that's that almost... It's almost suspect now to me that it's the two yeah. uh, movies. But in any event, um, both of which are well represented by the movies that were made out of them. But the the short stories are not enough to fill a feature film. So Sure. sure. So I, th- I, I think in that sense. I beg to differ, though, with Maximum Overdrive. And yeah. I, I'll get back to that. I there's don't want to interrupt. Much more. Like, there's not too much more. There's only yeah. like... In that one, there's only... Um, you I know, have... Oh, sorry. Go I ahead. have gone through. I have gone through enough Stephen King short stories that I. This is one thing that I think Maximum Overdrive totally nails. His short stories have a totally different feel to me, even like his very deep ones or his very like horrific short stories. They have this like camp to all of his short stories. Just have this like romp. Like they just feel fun. You know what I mean? Oh, like okay. You just wanted to. I'm new like, to them, so I yeah. And I feel like this movie totally nailed what it's like to read a Stephen King short story. Like oh, it's, it's cool. got, yeah. I, I think because he, he does so much exposition in his full novels, especially later on in his career where like, you know, things are just like 1200 pages long. I'm on the stand and right now. I'm like 20, yeah, 20 chapters into the stand. And I was like, I'm starting to have trouble following certain things. Yeah. And like his, his short stories though, are just like, these are the funnest parts for him. That's how it made it into the short story, you know? And I feel like this movie really encapsulates that where you get this feel, what it feels like to read a Stephen King short story. So what was that? Oh, sorry. Oh no, you're fine. I texted the bride that she was cute when she was sneering at me. And then she, (laughs) that's what was that? She says, you're loud and you're nerding. So, I'm out not on the porch tonight because it's pretty cold here in Minnesota today. Oh yeah, I believe that it's getting it's getting <laughs> colder in Ohio too. So, um, so yeah, it it just that's the first praise. I mean, that's the first of many praises I'm going to give this movie. Is oh, that that's great! I love for all it, the talk of it being bad that it's full of praise because it is such a. I don't know you you had you had contextualized it for me in that uh, that thing of like him being coked out. I think so on IMDb yeah. I had that up. He says Stephen King being a former cocaine addict later admitted that he was quote coked out of my mind the entire time he was making the picture yeah. and often didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. The my favorite quote on the IMDb trivia page is when asked why he hadn't directed a movie since <laughs> Maximum Overdrive. Stephen King replied, "Have you seen Maximum Overdrive?" Like <laughs> <Yeah>. that—that's <laughs> the. I mean, oh, it's that. I mean, you can't sum it up any better than that. Like, if, <laughs> it, and I don't know if you need to be a Stephen King fan to appreciate Maximum Overdrive. I don't think that's true. I don't even think Mm-mm. you need to be an Emilio Estevez fan to like appreciate Maximum Overdrive. You could like trucks or eighties yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah, or eighties like it, there's, but but it's a weird eighties movie. Like I will mm. give you, there is like eighties tropes in it. Uh, definitely, uh, uh, the Lisa Simpson, the girl, the, the woman <gasps> yes. that does the voice for Lisa Simpson, is in there. Yeah, which. I found this is a little factoid here. A year before this movie was made, she played a preteen in The Legend of Billie Jean, 
And a year later, she plays a newlywed. That's how Whoa. this, how ageless this woman is. I know. Right? Like, yeah. Like, and uh, same voice, same everything. But um, it was a, it, it's a weird 80s movie. It's got, a, first off, instead of like a fake rock score, <laughs> yeah. like a lot of 80s movies have, like it, like he got eight, he's like, no, I'm going right to the top. ACDC, yeah. like, we're gonna have ACDC do all the music for this. Yeah, he even offered to have them be in the movie, but they denied. Like, they oh, really? They didn't want to be in the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, that was I was I didn't know that was coming. <laughs> was so, yeah, so when that happened, and it is like that's the first scene, the, the, the thing that we looked up that is the theme for our Stephen King corner, and like, you know, that yeah. whole thing of like, hey, buddy. Come here. <laughs> so yeah. Sheen, call me an asshole. That's like in the first minute. <laughs> and he like, he, he totally does the Stephen King. Uh, you'll hear this. If you have not heard Stephen King narrate one of his books yet, uh, you get this a lot more. Uh, you'll definitely hear it now that I'm going to point it out. It's like one of those, once you hear it, you can't unhear it. But uh, that this machine just called me an asshole. He really does it where he, forces a lot of his pronunciation out of his nose ah. so it's not it's not this machine just called me an asshole he's like this machine just call me an asshole yeah. like and oh, it's yeah. like no, all just coming mean. out there's something he does like coming his out of his nose too yeah there's, and uh, i don't even i can't even imitate it it's it's distinct. when you hear uh needful things is a really like that's one of the best ones that he narrates uh that he reads the book for needful things and it and it's one of those things. It's like the it's like the Donald Trump sniff. It's like once you hear it the first time, you can't un you just hear it in everything that he does. Yeah. And so uh um but yeah, but this machine just hold me in hassle. And it's like all out of his nose. Yeah, uh, and that's right up front. And then ACDC kicks in. And I'm just like, what? This one yeah. clip that I've seen in this movie is right up front, and then it's scored by ACDC and they have the logo. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like on the van and like um Oh yeah, it, and it's on the van. <laughs> that's right. Like to kind of get back to like like the uh, like that's not how machines work like how would a machine do that i thought it was really weird how they picked and choose which machines became sentient right oh. so like so like there's all those cars are on that like drawbridge right mm -hmm. the like the raising bridge what are those called is it like oh i don't know that uh yeah you know, know what I'm lost. talking about? They raise anybody yeah. listening. They like raise up to let boats pass under exactly. them. That kind of bridge, yeah. like the uh, raising bridge. The maybe. internet can chime in and correct yeah. us. <laughs> All these cars are parked on that. This is the first real machine, the first real havoc that you. I mean, you see the asshole thing, and you see like all this other <laughs> stuff, and like at the uh, like up to that point, it's just kind of funny. Um, but as all there's a traffic jam on one of those bridges in South Carolina it comes to life and raises with like full of cars. Here's the thing. Why were none of those cars on the bridge sentient and come oh. off the bridge before? <laughs> like he, he really took some gratuities on what, like when and where the machines became sentient. Here's the other one. The, like for the first half of the movie, the newlyweds, Lisa Simpson being one of them. Yeah. 
are driving around in a sentient car, like in a car that's not sentient in a world with sentient machines. Right. Why didn't the car driving them just like careen into an overpass and kill them both if he just wanted to kill them? That's why, true. Why didn't the traveling Bible salesman, why didn't his Cadillac just like kill him at any opportunity it could have? You know, like why, why were... Why were those? But but then like the kid is driving through town and like there's a guy dead with like wa- a Walkman, you know? Like, <laughs> how did that Walkman like kill 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 this kid? Or or uh, the lawnmower was the biggest travesty of all. Like that was not a self propelled lawnmower. How in the fuck did it move on its own? It was a push mower. Like oh like right, you had to push it. Yeah, there's no mechanics they have to those wheels. Self propelled at that time. Oh, I'm sure they did, but that it was not one. There was no. It's interesting. It, like it spreads more like the the disease or flu or whatever in the stand than than a what should be if it were from some kind of alien type thing, just like a an on off switch. Like either everything was haywire or nothing. Was yes, haywire. or nothing was haywire. So it's just like, I, and that's the thing that really. I and I guess this would be the alien element at the end is like. I, here's another one of my notes that I wrote that I'm that I find absolutely hysterical. Uh, the machines have absolutely no sense of self-preservation. Like they have no problems destroying themselves trying to kill humans, right? <laughs> but they can grasp psychological warfare, Morse code, and comedic timing. Like I like. <laughs> <laughs> why but they're but they have no idea of like self-preservation that just it just blows my mind like uh that's so funny none of these things occur to me this is why it's important to do things in pairs and have someone who compliments yeah. your thinking <laughs> I'm um leaf- i'm leafing through the um the night shift book here that i have is mine a it can't be a first printing. I also thought it was funny how like the in the first while you're while you're looking through that there is the there is almost a direct psycho ripoff in the sound the like oh yeah sound yeah like, absolutely but it, but I, I it's mean, the that, vocalist from ACDC going singing it <laughs> and so the music but. but like it totally dies off in the movie like it it's only in that like first in the first round of killing. And then it shows up one more time later on in the movie, but all the other times that people get killed by machines, it stopped like in the middle of the movie, it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. It's like Stephen King would like, forgot about it. Like <laughs> I want to, I want that to happen on all of them. And then he was like, you know what? We we've edited like five scenes or like, you know, 40 minutes of the movie so far. And there's, we haven't used that sound again. Let's put it in on this one right here. And it's like, it's like every time, not at all. This one last time, and then that's it with the like, ree, 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 yeah. Ree. And oh, I just always thought, as as someone who eventually found my own natural singing voice, or as close to it as I've come so far, I was always, you know, I grew up imitating singers and stuff. I, I am, I was the the most fascinating singing voice to me in rock is the guy that sings for acdc like at what point yeah because there's no way he talks i mean maybe he does i guess i haven't heard him talk but well at, when do you but in stumble all fairness, upon that though, but in all fairness like bon scott that is bon scott's sound 
Right, and, and he the, died. And the other singer adopted it, right? And the other sign is like kind of doing Bon Scott's sound. Yeah. Which, in all, he did like, it is different than Bon Scott now, but they hired him because he could imitate Bon Scott and imitate that sound. Like the so, Filipino guy that does um, Journey. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. 100%. So like, um, yeah, you no, know, it is a unique sound. I can't imagine when... Can you, can you imagine auditioning for a band and you're like, <laughs> run and lose. <laughs> and he's just like, got yes, that enunciation like at the end of the thing. And like, it's so and you're just weird. like, what in the fuck? Well, that's fine. You can sing that way. Cause I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear this like 12 year old boy school <laughs> uniform <laughs> and, and do my awesome guitar solos. Like, so you sing like that and I'm going to rock out in this boy school, this schoolboy uniform. It's pretty like, amazing. I mean, you know, the whole thing, like with that kind of endeavor is like, you want to find a way to be distinct and stand out. And that is, then that's one of, I mean, the, the only other voice similar to that kind of, wow, what a choice for me is, uh, Barry Gibb, <laughs> you know, the BG guy <laughs> who sings in that, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, at what point do you decide that's what you're going to do? This is going to be my sound. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, how do you even hit upon that? It's so so far from like the singing or the speaking voice and stuff. I I can only, I can only assume humor. Like, I, and maybe that's like the, just the, like, the optimist in me is like, they sang like that one time and and people laughed. And so they were like, I'm just going to try that again. And they, but then, it just like grew into something where it's like, yeah, that, maybe I got something there. Yeah. You oh, know, I always like, heard about um, uh, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. Like if you hear Dream On the first however many minutes of it, it's only at the very end that you hear that distinctive, what we think now oh, of, yeah. the, of the distinctive right. Steven Tyler kind of like high pitched right. uh, singing. He said, I remember hearing on Fresh Air talk to Terry Gross about how he was shot he was embarrassed about that or he thought it wouldn't go over very well and that it would be viewed as unmasculine or something but of course then that's like the thing that defines him absolutely but god how do you hit up on that and it's so perfect for that psycho thing that <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it, 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 it it's and that just to me like feeds into the campiness of yeah. the like the like or the the um I, 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 it, it's like the sound effect that you would picture in in these short stories. I, I mean, Stephen King short stories just like they have, they're they're either very humorous or they're very graphically horrific or they're very like rip your fucking heart out sad. Mm. But they all have like it's they're all raw emotions, and that sound is a like that's what you would picture in the death scene in one of his short stories. Like you hear, like that's the audio that just comes to mind to me. Like it just fits. It's perfect. Like, yeah. And it's so overblown. Like you don't get uh, a bigger rock kind of not metal, but I think there is some of that. And in 1986 popular culture, I mean, I think that was probably perfect. Yeah. It, well, and it, and it pulls you out. I mean, I think the, like some of those death scenes would be much more horrific and much more impactful if it wasn't so cartoony, like, like the, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it it just like you have no other choice to, to just be like that's hilarious because it sounds so silly. Like, <laughs> except for the one, the one that 
uh, and hopefully it's not just me. Hopefully I'm going to mention this and you're going to be like, yeah, that was fucking scary. Oh, the, the steamroller that bursts through the scoreboard at the little league game. That, that sounds horrible. I don't remember it specifically though. It's disturbs me because it's only been 10 days and it, so it, for I, and I don't know if it's because steamrollers just don't go fast. That's just not what they're supposed to do. Oh, right. Yeah. This steamroller busts through that fucking scoreboard at like 80 miles an hour. Like it's going so fast. It's bouncing across like a steamroller, which the whole point is it's supposed to be heavy. It's mm-hmm. rolling. It's <laughs> like compressing things and it's moving so fast. It's bouncing through this scoreboard. And I'm just like. That and it's like one of those big, huge ones. Like you need a ladder to get in it, steamrollers, <laughs> and like, and to see it moving that fast and it just disintegrates the scoreboard. That to me was more scary than the the next shot. It rolls over a a, a little league player, like oh, which geez. you know, like that, and plays the <laughs> rah, 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 like <laughs> like. So of course I'm laughing because it's that ridiculous sound, like when it does it. Uh, they actually, well, that's another cool IMDb trivia thing that I read on there was that shot was, the, it ended up, he wanted something to happen, but they they did it in a way that he wanted there to be like one blood spot on the roller of the steamroller so that it kept like just like imprinting that spot on the grass as it kept driving. Oh, okay. But they overloaded it with fake blood, I guess. And so when it rolled over it, it just like exploded and went everywhere. And he thought it was awesome. But the because it was a kid and because it was so graphic, they were like, you're going to get an NC-17. So he had to cut it short. Like they had to cut that scene short. Um, but I thought the the steamroller just bursting. I thought that was the scariest shot of the whole movie. Oh, wow. Bursting I have to through. take a, another look at that. The the scoreboard I think was was scarier than anything else that happens. Everything else to me was just ludicrous and hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But that one shot was like I was like like I I even remember watching it now as an adult and thinking like oh god that's so fucking scary like because it's just it's a steamroller should not be moving that fast. It should not be bouncing. It should not be bursting through a scoreboard at a baseball diamond like. <laughs> So all of those things combined just make it terrifying. The, I so I was looking at the the text because we were talking about you asked me earlier like how they compared and then right. this other adaptation of trucks or whatever. So the short story is called Trucks. It's a fifteen page, um, short story in Night Shift, and um, so I'm just gonna read. Maybe I'll read the first paragraph just so you have a sense of like what it is. I don't think it's, as I look at it, I don't think it's worth reading the last. Because uh, I think in some ways that's the only difference is like the scope of it and the time would be the right. difference for me, like having read it and watched it. So, Trucks. Trucks. <laughs> Who, who's your favorite? Um, there's there's someone that you really like reading his his stories, right? Do you know that George, person? Uh, George Guidel is one, and then Frank Muller is the other one, but Frank Muller passed away. Oh, it's okay. Uh, Frank Muller and George Guidel? Either, I like seriously, any audiobook read by either one of those guys, it's like George Guidel's voice is like um, an audio version of a boner. Ooh. And uh, 
Frank Muller can, there could be a hundred characters in a book and he'll do a different voice for everyone and remember it throughout the entirety of the book, which for Stephen King books is impressive (laughs) because they're really long and there's a lot of characters. Um, But seriously, anything either one of those guys reads is fantastic. Frank Muller's stuff is like listen to a radio drama. Oh, nice. I I don't know that either of them has read one of the, the books I've so far listened to. Because I think you, I'm not sure. I'll have to look, but I'm glad to know the names because I, I want to yeah. maybe seek those versions out. So, yeah, so I've never done this before, so it's not going to be very good. <laughs> but um, so here we go. Hua! Hua! Oh, I got to tell you, the <laughs> guy's name was Snodgrass. No, sorry. Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay, trucks. The guy's name was Snodgrass, and I could see him getting ready to do something crazy. His eyes had gotten bigger, showing lots of whites, like a dog getting ready to fight. The two kids who had come skidding into the parking lot in the old fury were trying to talk to him, but his head was cocked as though he were hearing other voices. He had a tight little pot belly encased in a good suit and was getting a little shiny in the seat. He was a salesman, and he kept his display bag close to him, like a pet dog that had gone to sleep eh. oh try the radio again said the truck driver said at the counter so anyway really that first paragraph sets up a character i don't think is in the movie <laughs> but they they are in the uh in the the, the diner the truck stop right from okay. right from the get-go so i think the only way that the the movie differs really significantly is that it it gets outside of that area shows all those all those things going on the steamroller and all that, but eventually they pretty soon they get to that truck stop. And from there, and it's, all, it's not that, you know, most of it's in there, I think. And, and most yeah. of those characters similarly, um, um, conversely, like the, the trucks, 1997 movie that I only watched a preview for has like a family. So it's like the 37 or 37. It's the 30 something guy, Timothy Busfield has like a family and they they end up in the truck stop. I, I don't think there's a family in either the short story or Maximum Overdrive. No, like Maximum that. Overdrive. The closest thing to a family, and he uses it like that outside the truck stop exposition. The bulk of that is delivered through the Little League player hmm. from yeah. like finishing up the Little League game. The coach dies from the like amazing soda like the only soda machine in existence (laughs) that has a mechanism that actually powers how the soda comes out like gravity it's it's like gravity can't be there (laughs) there's no alien presence that can make gravity go faster right like propel a can out faster um so such bullshit Stephen King. That's that's that is sloppy storytelling, Stephen King. You're some, insulting the intelligence of your audience and do some not, coked out shit. That's some coked out shit. Like uh again, great representation because it's just like, man, you know what's gonna happen now? Like they're just this soda machine's just gonna kill this guy. It's interesting uh, because it? it's not like yeah. what they show in the movies, which seems like a a purposeful depiction of somebody going through it but from the outside and sometimes like they'll try to make it a subjective experience for the viewer but i feel like as you said this movie is a more holistic 
view of not necessarily what it's like to be on cocaine, but yeah, it is something made by someone who is in that like state. You have, <laughs> you have an idea of what it would be like to be on cocaine by watching this movie. Yeah, like, like the that, decisions like, you would make. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, but they tell that exposition, that outside stuff is told. Most of that is told by this kid. And, and that's the closest thing to a family at the truck stop because he's trying to get to the truck stop because his dad is one of the mechanics that gets killed like that gets picked off at the truck stop oh right right um so i I don't think so i'm as i'm looking at some of the character names and trying to find it in the short story i couldn't find like snodgrass um i think the kid's name is like deke or something right but they don't really they don't deal with a lot of names in the short story like the, the that kid i think is probably represented but they literally call him the kid yeah um, no and that makes sense so. um so it's that it felt pretty similar when i watched it because i and, and i did watch it very soon after reading the short story and because of that i think it, the lines blur a little bit um but anyway now seeing the preview for that other trucks movie with essentially it, it looks similar without all of the things that i think we would say are awesome about this one um yeah, and then that family angle. Uh, the only other thing I wrote down about the trailer is the kind of closing moments. And they say, <clears throat> I wish I knew the name of the dude that read all the trailer. You know, it's like, in a world, like that guy. Oh, yeah. I am. Um, that guy's name is easy Do you know to his name? Out. Have you ever seen that movie, um, In a World? It's called that. And it's about a girl who no. might be. Oh, it's, it's a very fun little movie. Um, I wish I knew the actress's name. <laughs> Um, but it is about, I, not the act, cause it might acknowledge the existence of the actual dude who does this, but it's a, a young woman who wants to get in that business. And I think her dad is the premier guy who does the voices for movies and she wants to be in that world. It's very funny. Uh, and, and, uh, I would recommend it. It's called in a world. Um, Don LaFontaine yes. is that guy's name. God, I almost feel like. Here, here is on his Google card that came up. Um, other names, great name, <laughs> like Don LaFontaine is already an amazing name. But here's his other name: Thunderthroat, the voice of God, the king of movie trailers. That's that's this guy's oh, name. Shit. Yeah. I don't know why I keep asking you, like, who's the best fucking at reading things? And then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna read something poorly. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh my uh, god. Uh, now I'm I'm curious. I gotta look up quick if that if it's actually him in that movie. Um, it might be. He worked. That, that, that name that sounds man worked. F- he was active from 1962 to 2008. That's outrageous. Oh, no, he's not in the movie. Okay, it's, it's some kind of approximation, but I do recommend that film. It's fun. Uh, the actress is Lake Bell, which is kind of a cheesy sounding right. name, but, she, but she's a pretty cool chick. And she, went, she wants to live <laughs> in the world Holy of the Holy fucking shit, movie. sorry. She wrote and directed this. I did not know that. Oh, I know who she is. I've seen her before. She's hot. Oh, my God. I'm so much more impressed with this movie knowing that she wrote and directed it as well. Hot. Yeah. There's great things in there about... Because I do. I have a real problem. We talked about hipsters earlier, but I cannot abide kind of sibilant 
it's usually women who do it, but it's not exclusive to women. But if there's a kind of people talk about a lot of sibilance, I can't even do it. I can't do it. But she does a wonderful imitation. She sort of like yells at this young woman. She's like, don't fucking talk like that. <laughs> um, anyway, good movie about voiceover artists. And now the, I'm going to read the voiceover that is at the end of 19, the 1997 Trimark Pictures release of Trucks. You're about to reach the end of... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Hold on. You're about to reach the end of the line. Trucks, a thriller without brakes. <laughs> that's all you need to know about that. <laughs> oh, no, that's so terrible. Yeah, I, I have no desire to see that. I don't want to taint as terribly awesome. <gasps> Sorry, I just clicked back over to see this, the picture yeah. you sent me of Lake Bell. Holy yeah. shit, Lake Bell. <laughs> I yeah, that's go. like Bill, huh? <laughs> Let's resume this later. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Just look up Lake Bell Esquire. You're yeah. everyone and then everyone send Palmer your welcome email or thank you emails. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And the Holy big crap. ones. Yeah. It's crazy, Jesus. right? Jesus. What goes on? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't prepared for that. So, all right. I, I don't I, I mean I want I almost want to watch trucks just to see I feel like because this is going to sound like that maximum overdrive was not an honest take at trying to adapt the, that short story into a movie I think it was an honest attempt but I feel like trucks is like no we're going to take this seriously you know and I think that would ruin everything that's awesome about my maximum overdrive. In a way, that was like, my hope, that it would be a more, quote-unquote, honest adaptation. But it didn't look like that. It, it it looked more, it was just a different kind of exploitation that did yeah. not seem more true to the to the book. Actually, Maximum Overdrive does seem true to the book. And honestly, the I think it's, you know, it's a better title than Trucks. And to use the metaphor, it's like, it's just a vehicle for this kind of, idea of machines taking over and so that's the really the way that it differs from the the short story is like the kind of just showing other people outside of the diner and you know having it you know, it's a 15 page story so but but remarkably like a, the main beats of it or some of the things i remember of like going out to you know the trucks demanding the Morse code and the trucks demanding the uh, the fuel and all that. All that's in yep. there in the short story. Yep. I don't know if there is the couplehood. There isn't the thing about like the Estevez character being a um, what was he on? Not a parole, but an ex-con. Probation. Or something. Probation. Yeah, he yeah. was on probation, but it was for. There was the implication there that he was not like. He took a, a high road somewhere and was like kind of the probation was unfair or he stole because he was hungry or he was trying to feed somebody <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah. The noble. Like, yeah. Oh like God. there was a noble, he was a noble thief. Um, I, it's funny cause I have a note on here that because they try to set up the, his boss, the, the owner of the truck stop 
Is that As Pat a, Hingle, like Commissioner yeah. Gordon? Oh my yeah. God, I have so much yeah. to say about Pat Hingle. I had no yeah. idea. I always just thought of like, this is Commissioner Gordon. I want him taken alive. But like, yeah, 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 holy yeah. shit, is he awesome in this? <laughs> and, and, and his character is kind of a sleazebag. And the way that they show that he's a sleazebag is because he's he has graciously allowed Emilio Estevez on on probation to work at his truck stop. And the reason that he is so lucrative is because uh all of the all of the punch cards that have stars on them are parolees. Right. Yes, yes. And he caught he he makes all of them clock in and out so that they don't get paid for all of the time that they're there. And he I actually wrote this note too where it's like the shady truck stop owner is only asking Emilio Estevez to put in an hour of extra unpaid time. Is that really worth it? Like, <laughs> you would think it would just be like, tomorrow you're going to call in sick, but you better show up for that 12 hour shift. <laughs> like, that would be like way more worth it than like, you're going to work an extra hour I know. Uh, for, for free. Like, I you know, know like, <laughs> like, if I'm going to commit a crime, like, <laughs> Like forced labor, right? It's gonna be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Not a t- like, not 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 just something that's it could be a clerical error of one hour. Like, you're gonna work sixty hours this week, and I'm gonna pay you for ten. Like, I, you know, that reminds me though. It's maybe it's smart. It remind, and and this is a kind of an oxymoron. My example of why it's smart, but. Because what it reminds me of is Joe Pesci's speech from Lethal Weapon 2, where he says, like, <laughs> I was scamming those drug guys for months. Who's going to miss $20 here, $30 there? <laughs> Danny Glover goes, like, drug dealers. He's <laughs> like, yeah, that's <laughs> right, they did. <laughs> but, but the idea is, like, the small increments, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. But no, but I, 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 it rings true as well, because I was, it did seem kind of a minor infraction for Emilio Estevez's, like, glaring, you know, yeah. sweaty, red-eyed. He was very You're red-eyed. You're one dirty son of a bitch. Yeah, yes. he is very red-eyed in there. Just, it's so weird. This, like, you don't, there are no... Emilio Estevez is in our current cinematic kind of. There isn't. Listen here, like he, like everything's a whisper, like a yeah, growly whisper. But he's and like, like he he looks like a just like this man boy, blonde, toe headed kid in a way. Do you think that that that's part of the reason why he fell off? At, like I mean, because what does he make now? Like he doesn't make anything, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he definitely is not kind of that movie star type thing then that's what's so weird he just doesn't i don't i can't quite articulate it and it's even kind of i mean it's like the difference between him and bender in the breakfast club like yeah not that judd that not that um judd nelson is still playing those kind of lead roles but i do feel like hollywood favors dark and brooding over like blonde and brooding somehow (laughs) no that i mean no and that's like the point is that i was that i was wondering was you know he all the way up to like the mighty ducks or (laughs) men at work right oh yeah i i just recently got men at work on dvd 
Oh, I haven't watched I, it. I remember the phrenology scene where they're talking about the bumps in the head, and this one scene where uh, the studying bro- the the bumps on Walt's asshole. Like, uh, <laughs> that's what a phrenologist does. And then the other one I love, it's like he tackles him and it's Emilio Estevez choking Charlie Sheen. He's like, you're a stupid man. You're a stupid little man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, I want to watch that right now. <laughs> but, it's, but it's like he he st- he looks exactly the same as he does in, in Maximum Overdrive or Young Guns. Like yeah, he looks, or Breakfast Club. It's like or he Breakfast had this Club. perpetually boyish look. And he could never... Get out of, I, I mean, it's like once he hit the, a point where it's like you should only be playing grown adult men, but you don't look like a grown adult man. Yeah. So we're done, you know, like, it, it, I, I don't <laughs> know. Done. Yeah. Well, the closest I think we have is Leonardo DiCaprio in terms of like a blonde haired, blue eyed. Uh, yeah, dude. but I, and that took a long time. And even now it's not always it viable. Did. Yeah. <laughs> even like Wolf of Wall Street, which is like the last thing that I saw him in, I think. Or no, I saw him in, in the um, what's the one that? He, Did you the see department. the Revenant? The Revenant, yeah. Not oh, the I haven't department. seen that. I'm a little scared of that movie, to be honest. <laughs> oh, it, it is like it is rough, like very rough. But like he, it, you think that you think that he has not aged, but go back and look at uh, the trailer for the Basketball Diaries or What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Oh yeah, he he is a grown man in these movies. Emilio yeah. Estevez in the same thing, like. Men at Work, I feel like if I picture Emilio Estevez in Men at Work, if you like took off the mullet and put him in a white <laughs> undershirt, he would look like he just walked off the set of Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. In all fairness, like that was probably only I a matter like of six probably, years. Yeah, four to six years, yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be that long, but um, I don't know. It's weird. Like, Our buddy he, um, Pumps, uh, I remember, said something at one point in time about... No, he said, I don't know if he said something way back when, but he said something recently because he's got, I don't know if you've seen him. No, probably not. He's not much online stuff. He's got shoulder length hair. Oh, really? Yeah. And he said something about Chris Hensworth has really raised the bar for like blonde, blonde haired, blue eyed, like long haired blonde dudes in the last few years. (laughs) And I thought that was so (laughs) funny. That's so true. Um, Yeah. But yeah, and I, um, I always had this thing. This is I don't want to get too much into this, but um, I've always noticed, or I, I've often noticed, I should say, that certain dudes, especially uh, the, the the movie stars that they like, make because I used to work at a video store, so I'd find this out sometimes. Um, made perfect sense for what how they came across. In, as persons themselves. Like, I remember yeah. this guy used to come in all the time to the video store where I worked that I didn't know in any other capacity. And he was, he, he always rented like Michael J. Fox movies, love Michael J. Fox. And I was, I, I was like kind of looking at him and I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. Like, that you identify yeah. with this guy because this guy is some version of you. And I remember pumps like when I was uh, in high school and even still now, like I love Pearl Jam. I like, and I identified with that singer, the Eddie Vedder is like, cause in some ways that felt like me, like curly hair, yeah. uh, brown curly haired dude. Um, but, but pumps liked Kurt Cobain. And I was like, well, that looks like him, you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it makes sense. Yeah. So, 
so it's it's strange to me in a way that there aren't more because if you think I like about Brad Pitt, and I mean that makes total sense. Fucking yeah. everybody likes Brad Pitt, sir, <laughs> except for I don't know. He's had some yeah. problems recently, but <laughs> yeah, all Who the whole it? hipster movement based their haircut on that man. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, but uh. So what am I? I, I like going, Fight Club, Brad, Brad Pitt, though. To be fair, like that's my Brad Pitt. I mean, f- to I. Yeah, I like that. I like a seven Brad Pitt. I like any Brad Pitt, to be honest. <laughs> seven Brad Pitt is really fun. I mean, Brad, man. Yeah. Twelve months. Honestly, almost any. I don't really care for like the Thelma and Louise. I mean, like, give me a California Brad Pitt. Like, oh, that's like. Yeah. That's like <clears throat> dirty Brad Pitt. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> hey, Dale, put your titty put back your, up here. <laughs> put, your, put your titty away. Do I feel <laughs> powerful? I feel good. And he's like dripping with snot and blood <laughs> yeah love that dude uh, and floyd fucking forget about it. <laughs> true romance is yeah. that true? the yeah. true romance brad pitt it's like you keep <laughs> driving and you keep driving and then you go <laughs> just classic what am i talking oh yeah that's actually a blonde haired blue eyed guy that yeah got over pretty well but more often than not you don't see him with Leonardo DiCaprio, like Emilio Estevez, there was this kind of child, not childlike, but sort of man-boy deal that yeah. DiCaprio eventually got out of, but Estevez didn't, I don't think. It, you know, and it's so funny because, um, well, this the, the segue is funny, not the topic I'm about to say is funny because under the circumstances. Martin Sheen is from Dayton, Ohio. Oh, <gasps> I did not know that. Uh, yeah, and uh, they there was somebody had passed, and Martin Sheen came back to town for the funeral, and Emilio Estevez came with him, and somebody ran into them at this small coffee shop that's close to our house called Press, and took a picture, like asked if they would pose for a picture, and of course they were very kind and said they would. And so that was in at least as long as Ash and I's relationship because she's the one that showed me the photo that this person that she knew took. And he still looked like that. Like Emilio (laughs) Estevez, like still looked like that. And then like, how old is Emilio Estevez now? Like, let's look that up. Oh man, that's worth knowing. The picture Um, of him on Bill Robinson is the name. Yeah, I don't think they get into these names in the... Yeah, I mean, he looks a little older older in his IMDb photo, but not that different. Ooh, he's doing something. Pre-production on the public. Hmm. He's born in 1962, so that would make him 38 plus 16, which is... uh, 54, is that right? Whoa. And I was just, yeah. I, I was 54. just following your what why do you say thirty-eight plus sixteen? Well, thirty-eight would take it to two thousand, oh, and then two thousand okay. to sixteen is sixteen. I'm like mental math. Oh no, that's, that's probably yeah. not accurate accurate. Um I think probably. Yeah, the public is pre production, huh? Huh. And he played I mean, Mr. Winterbottom. The last thing was well, it's a voice. He did voice actors. So Dear um, Dracula. Wow. Yeah. Two and a half men? Oh, that's fun. He was in an episode called The Devil's Lube. (laughs) (laughs) I like the idea that he's in there with Charlie Sheen. You're a stupid man. You're a stupid little man. He was on the West Wing once with his dad. 
Yep. I like that these movies that came up the, that he's known for. I haven't seen The Way. No. Since 2010. But I like Men at Work and Breakfast Club are on there. No oh Maximum God. Overdrive, though. That's, that should be on that's there. That's a crime because he... Or Young Guns. Like, that's the one that I think should be up there. Wasn't he in Young Guns? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, Free Jack. I'm looking at some of these. I, oh, Free Jack was a great movie. <laughs> I just remember that. I'm not sure. All I remember from that movie is the previews that were always on HBO and Mick Jagger going, I can't tell you that. <laughs> like in his <laughs> Mick Jagger way. Oh, oh that's I've never seen Sel- I've never seen St. Elmo's Fire. Repo uh, Man. I've never seen that yeah, either, but no. that seems pretty respectable for him. Um, Repo Man is a really good cult movie. Yeah, that's Alex classic. Cox, I think. He's the dude who made Sid and Nancy, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, that and that movie's great. I like that one a lot. Holy shit, he's like the lead guy in that? Yeah. I don't know why he's I always thought that character. was a... Holy shit, I always thought that was a black exploitation movie. I made that up. Now, if you watch Repo Man, I, I think now, going back, he does look like a kid in that movie. He does look younger, but not that much younger. He mostly no. just has shorter hair as I'm looking at this. In the yeah. in the poster, which is kind of an artist rendering, he looks like Michael Rappaport, who also has an age. There's something about blonde haired dudes. God damn but it. You, but, but then you got to look at the years, though. Like Repo Man was made in 84. Maximum Overdrive was made in 86. It's like two not years. Age that much. Yeah. And then he goes from there, Stay he out. goes of like Mighty Ducks is made in 1992. So six years later, he's making the Mighty Ducks. Loaded playing, like, Weapon 1. Sorry, yeah, I forgot. Is, That's one of the reasons why I love him so much. This <laughs> is my gratuitous walk at Naked Walk in the Moonlight. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh my God. I love that movie. And Judgment Night. I think Judgment Night I saw in the theater and I've been wanting to watch recently because I've been thinking about, I've been going through this kind of chronology and things that I made. So that puts me in those years. I was thinking about it because there was a period where I was watching every, I saw Boys in the Hood. I was like the, I was like the whitest dude ever, but whatever. I saw Boys in the Hood. I, <laughs> lo- I loved Cuba Gooding Jr. And I still love Cuba Gooding Jr. But for, for yeah. a minute, I watched every Cuba Gooding Jr. movie as they came out. And that's, so that was one I've been wanting to see again. Cause it's, it's a bunch of dudes in a small space. What's the synopsis but it's like emilio estevez keep Gooding jr steven dorf right kind of like and oh, steven dorf yeah and the bad the bad guy is dennis leary four friends on their way to a boxing match get caught in heavy traffic so they take a shortcut in order to get there faster unfortunately it leads them to witnessing a murder which leaves them running for their lives anyway. i think i've seen that movie i mean i know i've seen that movie and I'm trying to picture it though. I mean, I'm not going to say it's great, but yeah. But I want to see it again because I literally haven't seen it since then. And I yeah. Okay, we're kind of all over the place. But there was a minute where Emilio Estevez was like fucking Phil Collins. Like you turn the dial and in 1990 or whatever, and you're gonna hear Phil Collins somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. same same thing. You're gonna see Emilio Estevez in a movie. And no, never has and he I been think that's totally <laughs> accurate. Worse. Like, well, and I mean. And it's kind of spilling over from that, like, Brat Pack. Yeah. Um, you know, exposure. And, uh, but he was definitely in a lot, just in, in a lot of things that, in a lot of things that have 
existed throughout my life like like movies that have survived my growing up um men at work if for no other reason like that was a huge that was a big one that bauman and you and crams oh, always came back to i didn't like, know that i'm gonna have to talk about that with him Cram, yeah, crams like, is working on something else with me right now i'm gonna hit him with men at work Oh my god! I can't wait. <laughs> I I I want to say like I like I know that was a recurring thing. Um, awesome. And like my mom and I liked Men at Work a lot. We were just really blown away. The movie is just so fantastic. He that played one is so James Saint James <laughs> in that movie. That's the name. <laughs> so awesome! Holy shit! Uh, but let's all right. Let's wrap up this maximum overdrive. Oh my talk god! Or, or at least get into it. <laughs> Or, or at least get into it. Yeah. It just like, so he directed it. Sorry, dude. Wrote, wrote and directed men at work. Emilio Estevez did. Oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> Holy shit. He's my uh, new, like between that and this movie and loaded weapon. <laughs> okay. I want to read a quick quote. Cause it's, it's a non sequitur in some ways. Cause it's, not really i think it's happened during the opening scenes of just like shit going on because i have this note written about watermelons flying through the tennis tennis shorts i don't know that <laughs> this is why yeah. i should type things but the, it says quote you goddamn stupid asshole can't you see we've got a situation here <laughs> i I just love that combination of words. Uh, I I have this one. I ain't never seen no hero with his ass in the yes. air like that. Oh my god! Yeah, you know what's like, what's crazy is that might be like two pages past where we are. But oh my god, that's something someone says in that movie. Yeah, I ain't never seen no hero with his ass in the air like that. And that's not in passing. Like that is they make a moment out of that. You the, see asses. And it's like, fucking it, Emilio Estevez's ass. Like he's bent over doing yeah. some kind of work. And the and the girl says that. What is her name? They like ran into they like ran into the diner because they threw a grenade. And he and their whole they're like had their hands over their head to like cover from the shrapnel of the grenade. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's when she that's when his love interest Hey the love interest. <laughs> that's a, hey, babe. that's actually in my last half page of notes says that I ain't never seen to hear was ass in the air like that. And then dash. Hey babe. I think he must say, Hey babe, I might've looked into who she is. Cause I was like, is that the girl from Hellraiser? But it's not, I don't know if she's in the, much. the goofs page is ridiculously long on IMDb <laughs> for this movie, by the way, like let's, let's see here. Um, and they have it broken down into category categories. Uh, character error when the cans of pop started hitting the kids and they start running away a can hits number seven right side of the screen and it takes him some time before he grabs his head and falls dead <laughs> that's because he's like wait a second soda shouldn't come flying out of this machine like this because that's not how soda machines work <laughs> oh uh, just looking at some of the things i wrote down terrifying green goblin Driven by Pops. So, uh, in the credits, that is Green Goblin. Like, they licensed it. They licensed that. Yeah, it was modeled after the Green Goblin from Marvel Comics. It's supposed to be, like, the... uh, It's a toy truck, right? Like... Mm -hmm. Oh, carry. It's like Happy Time Toys or whatever. Like, 
And the in the like I think the catchphrase is like here comes another laugh or something like that. And Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. But it was driven by so we just started watching Luke Cage on Netflix. Have you have you watched any of those like I I'm I watched almost all of I watched all of season one and most of se- like halfway through season two of Daredevil. But I did, have not watched Jessica Jones and I have not watched Luke Cage. We just started uh, watching Luke Cage, so I'm maybe like two episodes in. And I'm similar yeah. with Daredevil. I love season one of Daredevil quite a lot. But, yeah, it was so good. But season two felt not as good. <laughs> and I'm about halfway through as well. Well, and I think season two is when they realized, oh, we need. then we're going to make the protectors, which is like... So Luke Cage, Daredevil, um, Punisher, maybe... Jessica Jones, and then there's going to be another show. Those all end up becoming like their own version of the Avengers called the Protectors. Yeah, like a street level, more kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And they're more urban and much more like graphic and much more. um, But so, I mean, Marvel, man, they figured it out. Yeah, they did it right. And uh, yeah, that um, that first season of Daredevil was so good. Anyway, but... um, and actually, Jessica Jones took me a minute to warm to, but ultimately, yeah. I was like, "This is I do really like this." And Luke Cage felt, re- and she, Luke Cage is introduced in that series, Jessica Jones, so you get a sense oh, of is. him. Yeah, I, you don't need it to watch that to appreciate yeah. uh, his standalone series. But I will say, um, the standalone. Luke Cage series starts pretty strong and I hear only gets better, but I, I only mention that because it's in my notes. Cause it says the green goblin, happy toys drive by pops from Luke Cage. <laughs> uh, really? Frankie oh, awesome. Faison, I guess his name. Cause I, I saw this guy in that in Luke Cage. I'm like, I feel as though I've seen this actor everywhere. He plays a probably more than this, but he, he he's like a barbershop guy. In the neighborhood in uh, Harlem, I think. But I was like, I feel like I've seen this guy in a million movies. I don't know his name. I couldn't even tell you. Oh, no. So much hiccups. Like, I couldn't even tell you what movies I've seen him in. I said that. And like the next day I watched this movie and I was like, holy shit. It's from Luke Cage from 1986, you know. Oh, that's Um, awesome. And then moments later, I see Gus from Breaking Bad. Did you watch... Um, G, uh, uh, Esposito, uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Did you watch Breaking Bad? I can't remember. I did watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, so he's Gus. He's the, you know, the the chicken <laughs> proprietor slash like drug lord. Um, you know, he looks such like a, a dignified guy in this show yes he's the he's the guy that's in the like arcade yes exactly yeah steals all the cigarettes and everything right yes like i'm like holy shit this that's good and then i wrote pat angle uh that's (laughs) that's so awesome i uh so i'm i'm trying to see here like i i made a note too Angle, uh, sorry, get no. Go just, ahead. Just go to, ahead. To, to bide you time, but it says Pat Hangle. Then there's an arrow quote. I gotta, I gotta whip everyone's ass around here. Shitty job, but somebody's gotta do it. 
there's, I mean, there's just a lot, again, great, great representation of what it's like to be on cocaine. Cause it's like, there's a <laughs> lot of really good one lines, yeah, but not a lot of good dialogue. There's a lot of really good one scenes, but they it's really hard for them to come together as like one whole movie. You know, like it feels really disjointed when you see them all together. Yeah, yeah. Um, so frustrating. I think the licensing with the um, have you, have you noticed like the modern cover for Maximum Overdrive is not the Happy Time toy truck like that? Oh no, is that is that what the like video box was? I, originally, I remember it being like you could see. It was Emilio Estevez with the truck behind him, and now it's just a plain generic semi. And it must be because they don't have the licensing anymore. That would make to sense. use that that Green Goblin image. Um, oh, I noticed yeah, in- I see it. I I do remember this video box. I looked it up, and uh, it does show the Green Goblin thing and and, and an yeah. Estevez with some kind of gun or something above it. Oh, you yeah. know it's funny. Like when I do the image search, Legend of Billy Jean is in there. Oh man. I always just think another, I've never seen that. Maybe I've seen that movie. What I associate great classic eighties movie, TriStar. Yeah. What I associate with it is a woman with her top off, but jeans on. Does that happen in that movie? Am I making that up? You don't see any nudity in that. I don't think. Okay. Yeah, um, I, th- I must have just invented that for some reason. Like the bride will be changing. I'll be like. The legend of Billie Jean, if she's ever got, if she's ever like just topless with her jeans still on. <laughs> maybe, wait, maybe when they're swimming in the river at the beginning of the movie, because that's how, where they get that picture from. Yeah, maybe. You might be right. Now I'm going <laughs> to, sorry. Fair, fair is fair. That That's what, I, like, I feel like in the 80s, there was this like, the like popular eighties movies, you know, like Christian Slater's in that. Sorry. That's Helen Slater. Of course. I recently, when Mr. Robot came out, tried to, I was like, I could definitely name 20 Christian Slater movies. And at great distress, I came up with 19. Shit. Oh, there you go. But I didn't do it on my own. Holy shit. This is some hot. What about gleaming the cube? Did you list gleaming the cube as one of that? Yeah. Oh, you're crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but but you think like I thought for sure, no problem. Twenty Christian Slater movies, but nineteen was right capped. Wow, I gotta see this, eh? Cause, whoa, Helen Slater looks amazing. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this this podcast eventually devolves into just like I'm a dirtbag, but <laughs> yeah, we were we were we're we're being very piggish in this in this. Yeah. Um. What happens? Things I've heard people say. <laughs> people say it. It happens. Oh. Uh, so Gus so, and Pat Hengel and I'll wipe everyone's ass. I literally wrote down Estevez after that. Estevez looks cool. Two exclamation points. <laughs> do you feel like this is something that I felt like when I, when I found the whole like passing through a comet's tail? This is a thing that I have noticed a lot about these like cult or B-movie movies from the 80s, there were a lot that centered around a comet and something happening with the Earth either passing through a comet or a comet flying over the Earth. There's like Night of the Comet is literally an 80s B-movie, horror movie. Um, 
but then there's this and then there's uh i feel like there's just there was just this handful of movies where that was a recurring thing i almost wanted to be like was there a comet that occurred in the early 80s there there was i actually had a t-shirt that said Haley's comet okay Um, yeah but I thought Haley's Comet came in the 70s was the last time that passed yeah, through. Yeah, but, but but why... And I looked this up, and, and that's right. But why why would... I, oh, here we go. Haley last appeared in the inner parts of the solar system in 1986 and will appear next in 2061. Okay, well, there you go. So 1986, I guess that makes... that There it is. Yep. So maybe it would have been big talk. I just remember there being a lot of cultural references in the 80s to comets and like what the results of like what that might entail i knew it must have been that because i was so very i i couldn't tell you any other t-shirt i had in 1986 you know yeah yeah (laughs) um last appeared in the inner parts oh yeah and what's interesting too about so there's the comet thing but then um june 19th 1987 I don't know if it's 1987, but June 19th is the first date referenced in the stand. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, there's there's other ones soon thereafter and probably throughout, but June 19th. So I've been meaning to look into what that might signify, if anything, for Stephen King. Um, It's funny, too, that you brought up Gus Spring. I wrote this down oh, when Gus he's Spring. looking at the... When he's looking at the uh, the arcade games and stuff, there there is this is this because I love conspiracy theories. Holy There's shit! A, Hold that what? thought. I don't want to forget to tell you this. June nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine, at four thirty, is when Stephen King was hit by that truck. Holy shit! <laughs> oh my god! Because you realize both references that we just mentioned. Way predate that. Holy oh yeah! God damn, that blew my mind. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh. I, yeah. What the fuck? Wait. No. Yes. June nineteenth. Oh my god. Okay. Sorry. Whew. You were you were, you were hitting. I'm just trying to it. hold it in and like as a as a dark tower. When you get to the dark tower stuff, just wait. Is it's there more get, June nineteenth? Just wait. I'm just, oh I don't want to spoil anything. That's terrible for him. <laughs> so, um, this is me totally skirting all of that conversation. Because I don't, I, I don't want to like spoil anything. Every listener is like, that's the biggest yeah. date in all the time. Yeah. When did the dark, so does that predate the accident as well? Uh, the dark tower started in the seventies, I believe, or is that right? So that's yet another or even bigger sort of coincidence for that date, if coincidence it could be called. Um yeah, just like the night like nineteen in general is a recurring like there's a point in the in the books, but this would be after his accident. So it wouldn't be but they run into this isn't anything major spoilage wise they um they start to see the number 19 everywhere like they when they go to like collect firewood they come bring it back in stacks of 19 and when they meet characters that if you like the number of letters that makes up their name is 19 letters like oh wow and uh 
just this recurring over and over and over and over again, the number 19. My name and my full name, which I'm not going to, I almost said it out loud. <laughs> no, 19 letters. Uh, if you took my full name and added it all up. Middle name too? Nice. Middle name too. Yep. I just realized I don't know your middle name. Oh. Ooh, I'll well, talk about that. Yeah. But anyways, Gus Fring back in the arcade. Oh, this yeah. Made, this made me think, there's one shot where he's like, almost being like hypnotized by one of the arcade games. And, uh, and I think that's what ultimately kills him is like, he feels compelled to play this game. Cause it's like flashing on the screen and he like touches it and it gets him. Oh yeah. It really reminds me of that. Reminded me there's a, it's a, it's a meme. It's an internet meme. I think it's been debunked. Uh, but there was an urban legend that there was a, for a long time that even predated the internet that the CIA had released an arcade game called uh, Polybius. And it was that, like there were, if, if you read like the creepy pasta on it or the know your meme page on it. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I never heard that creepy pasta. That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Creepy pasta. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Just do a Google search on that. It's good. It's that's really a, good. Terrifying stories. <laughs> Okay, uh, but it, essentially, like the CIA put this out to see if they could put mind control in video games, and that's the urban legend on it. But it made me think of that. Uh, but I, I'm pretty yeah. sure the notes I have here are still within the credits because <laughs> yeah, I, I have ACDZ chant like a psycho song, like the psycho strings, and then I have quote, "You're gonna be wiping your ass with a hook the next time you take a dump." <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's when the Bible salesman like touches their leg. Uh, <laughs> the next man, one I that's... have, oh God, that's kind of terrifying, is Marla Maples, all caps, question mark, exclamation points. Because <laughs> that's Daniel, or Daniel, Donald Trump's ex-wife. Yeah. Is she in that? She is in it, but I, and you know, it's, it's listed in various places in the credits and stuff, but I, I couldn't oh, tell I you... Just... Who she was? I didn't identify She's who she was. Listed as the second woman in, in yeah, the credits for whatever that means. Um, like, oh, this movie is so great. I also noticed too, like, Emilio Estevez's character. I'm right now. I'm listening to Under the Dome. Oh, really? Okay. And uh, the the main the the like anti hero, the protagonist in the book is uh. Is a short order cook in a greasy Ooh. diner. Aha! Uh -huh. And like I, I, I kind of picture Emilio Estevez like as this guy, right? And, Outstanding. Uh, <laughs> I, I've talked. I know I've talked about this before, but there are some really weird, recurring things that occur a lot in Stephen King's writings, and and one of them being like the blue collar hero, right? Uh -huh. mm. I, I think that's a very, really popular one. Um, and if you hear any of his autobiographical stuff, he always references he worked in the kitchen. He worked as a short order cook. Uh, not a short order cook. He worked in the kitchen for his um, work study money while he was going to university. And uh, I can just imagine like that. I, I Like this is this is very... This is my romantic interpretation of this recurring theme of like the blue collar or like hero uh, is like 
sitting there scrubbing dishes like he's just fantasizing like one day I'm going to be a hero, you know, and like and like that gets ingratiated in him so that when he becomes a famous writer, like he, he keeps coming back and using that like this unsuspecting person who you like you don't even think about. That makes sense. Yeah. It's going to like save the day. Yeah. You know, so. Well, and like Bruce, uh, Lee, Bruce Lee washed dishes in a, in a Chinese restaurant when he first moved to America. You yeah. Know, see, there you go. It's like a kind of an archetypical thing, but it. Yeah. It's pretty awesome to hear Cause I mean, I'm sure there's thousands and thousands of dishwashers who have those thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Know, who, uh, yeah. That's, uh, who don't go on to lead, lead the lives of a Bruce Lee or a Stephen King who still gain the kind of, you know, strength and um, encouragement from those characterizations. I like that idea. I mean, I have to imagine, I wonder, I wonder about this relationship between short stories and kind of novels for, for novelists. And if right. one is kind of an incubator for another or if it, like, it, it kind of counts canon-wise or how how that works. I've never really delved into someone's catalog the way I am into his right now. And it's so overwhelming, honestly, (laughs) that do you find that? Does it feel that way as though like some of these shorter stories are, uh, kind of testing grounds for larger novels or maybe movies or are they, their standalone thing? Um, I, that's a, I mean, that's a good question. I think like, I think the one thing that I've heard Stephen King, I, and I'm probably synthesizing this. I don't know if this is a, I would not go anywhere near as far as saying this is a direct quote, but like, I feel like with his writing style, he gives a story as much time as it needs. Mm, yeah. So if it grows into a novel, it grows into a novel. But if it, is 15 pages long, it's 15 pages long. And then if he gets enough of those 15 pagers, uh, he puts together a collection of short stories. I think at the end of the day, he just writes and whatever ends ends up being, it ends up being, if he's got an idea and it busts, you know, he gets three and a half pages out of it and there's shit that goes in the bottom of a drawer. But if he gets enough out of it to get a whole story out of it, then that could be as long as it needs to be. Um, but I also have heard him talk about how like the short story is how you practice, you really practice your craft of like storytelling itself, you know? And, uh, I, in his history of, of publication prior to public publishing novels was, you know, he would sell stories to, you know, fantasy and sci-fi monthly or playboy or, what yeah. have you. And and those are all short stories. So um I I, I think it's I, I I wanna think at least if it's not even a direct quote of Stephen King is that the you he just gives his stories as long as they need to be. So if they end up being short, they're short. And if they're and if it grows into something bigger, I mean I guess in a sense that any any novel started as a short story, you have to write the first 15 pages before you get to the next 150. Right. So, um, (laughs) you're going to know eventually like where, where you're like, whether or not it's going to be big or if it's going to be short, but I do like, I think his short stories have a totally different feel than even his novellas, like, um, different seasons, which is four short novellas 
all of which, or three of which became movies. Uh, even those have a different feel than I think like Graveyard Shift or um, any of those other collections of short stories. I was just saying here too that Trucks, it says in the uh, title page or whatever of Night Shift that Trucks appeared initially in Cavalier in June 1973. See, there you go. Yeah. Which so, I think is before Carrie, right? Yeah, I would think so. Um, I know it's getting yeah. late and we haven't gotten into this as much as I'd like. I could use one more bathroom break. What Then what if we like go like note for note and try not to elaborate too much? <laughs> I, I think I'm actually, I've worked through most of my notes. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. I might have a couple in there. Like I have one that says, I, it just says bazookas don't work that way. <laughs> I know I have a bazooka note, so I'm sure I can work us that way. Um, all right. Yeah. Uh, go right. ahead. Go ahead and pee and let's ra- let's uh try to let's just do a rapid fire yeah. note. I'll just try to be like note 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 without getting into yeah. too much. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll go fast. No no worries. for our rapid fire note sharing. Okay. Oh no. Oh my god. Yeah. That thing It's terrifying. Like it's not that even is upsetting. <laughs> it's it, but it's not the actual like where he's running over the person. That though, that's not it, great. <laughs> it no, it's not. And it, you know, you're right. The, to be fair, but it's it, the when it busts through that scoreboard. That is just so scary. Like they actually play the chomp 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 on it busting through the scoreboard and not running over the when it runs over the kid like that's, yeah like chomp, it's like chomp that. chomp that is kind of what it's like chomp chomp yeah. chomp 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 wow i wonder as i'm looking at my notes we've gotten ahead of things or or um i think i must be in the diner now but that is, that, I'm glad to see that because I, I didn't remember that part, but now I see it. I remember it very plainly. It's like that whole early, um, yeah, scenes where it's showing the the machines sort of revolting against the humans. So that and, and then eventually they all kind of convene in this one place. It's sort of interesting, like as I think about it, in it's a time honored tradition of like putting a bunch of people different people in a small space for them to kind of um, 
just collide against each other. And, you know, it's like 12 angry men or this or lost yep. on an island. You know, it's like yep. you get different people and they have to <coughs> kind of, I don't know, rally against a larger threat. Um, but <laughs> it's pretty interesting in this one. So I have this, my next, we should do like a rapid fire note thing. And I, I think you mentioned you, you've gotten through quite a lot of your notes, but I have a bunch of them so maybe i'll just throw them off and we'll see where they go if anywhere yeah no let's hear them because i do write i write mine down by hand uh because that's how i can do a little faster and i'm actually surprised at how well i can read most of it but so it takes me forever sometimes to watch these movies <laughs> um took me a do couple you pause days while you make the notes like do you pause the movie uh, while i think you i think i do have to, not every single time but if i start to feel as i'm missing something i do uh so that does take me longer sometimes. I remember watching this one over two, two days because of that. So it just says, girl says, quote, you ever see that much nothing at 1030 in the morning, hero? <laughs> With ACDC blues music playing in the background. Uh, yeah, like there, all of her lines, you can very, you can tell very much that a man wrote all of these women's lines. It's <laughs> true. Because that's. Because they're they're all lines that, um, as a man, you want to hear a woman say to you, but a woman would never actually say. Like all this hero talk, I can tell you that's not yeah. in the in the short story. <laughs> no, no, and it, it like yeah. Laura Harrington is her name, yeah. and she plays Brett, which is a sexy girl's name. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find. She doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. Holy cow. So she's known for this. What's eating Gilbert Grape? I know that movie. And speaking of Leonardo DiCaprio earlier, The Devil's Advocate. Holy shit. I feel as though I should know her better, but she's so young in this compared to those uh, other. Who is she in What's Eating Gilbert Grape? That I is couldn't a even good... picture. Yeah, no, I, I can't either. Um yeah, because there's... Oh, God, I love that movie. I Amy Grape, she's movie. the sister. What? Amy Grape, yeah. I can't picture her, though. Arnie Grape. God damn it, I love that movie. Gilbert Grape. Arnie Grape. Why don't they... Have, yeah, she doesn't have a, a picture. God, I want to see it now. I want to yeah. watch that movie. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, yeah there's no pictures one. of her. Damn it. Huh. Mm. Oh, wait. No, no. I see. There's a family picture. Oh, sure. There she is. That's so terrible. I almost... No, never mind. I don't even want to say it out loud. Well, I should. No, because you'll think it's worse. But I saw... Um, so it's a family portrait. You got Johnny Depp. You got her. You got uh, DiCaprio as Arnie. And another girl who I actually kind of recognize. It might be another sister. And, yeah, the young sister. Oh yeah, and and then who plays Mama? Uh, that is Darlene Cates. Darlene Cates. I I almost said Mama June because I'm awful, but uh, Darlene Cates. Yeah. Oh God, that's such a great movie. When she goes to the when 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 Mama goes to the she go to pick up Arnie when she like stomps into the prison. The police office, the police, the, the, oh, the police station. Yeah, just calling the guy by name, slapping like literally all of that movie is fucking great. I didn't realize she was in it. That makes me like her more. 
Yeah. I don't know if you watch or have seen previews for Fear of the Walking Dead, but I swear, like, the kid on that show <laughs> wants to be uh, Johnny Depp from this era. <laughs> it's uh, I have not. I, uh, I have watched previews for that show, but I have not watched. Uh, I have not watched any episodes of that show. That's like the. That's basically that show takes place while. Rick is passed out in the hospital, right? That's like the oh, fall of humanity. I suppose it is could, when yeah. that show takes place. Um, but or it's like the West Coast version of The Walking Dead, where yeah. it's like if the if there's like the Southeast version is the actual Walking Dead, and then Fear the Walking Dead takes place over on the West Coast in California, like while yeah. all the events are unfolding. That's a good. I hadn't thought about it, but you, you might be right about the period of time. I do hope that they intersect in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I definitely recommend like catching up on the actual. I mean, actual Walking Dead is is truly fantastic filmmaking and television, but Jesus Christ, is it like the, you know, the basest of human emotions, good and bad. Oh like, yeah. Sometimes, like right now, <laughs> me like a lot of people, and, and by the time this uh, is 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 published, like will be past this moment in time but it's such an upsetting time to be girl on that show yeah um oh i have a real i have a tougher time with it than the most but the bride keeps telling me to butch it up but okay anyway um so laura harrington beautiful in this movie but so poorly <laughs> yeah an infection like acted she says we're, the we are dumbest terrible at rapid ever. fire by the way the, the, i know the, if, the, if we were a gun with rapid fire it would like <laughs> no i went into like we this would extended die. thing and girl grape okay so the next one is like kid looks violently over at his shoulder as sprinklers no this doesn't make sense <laughs> sorry moving on <laughs> ACDC. I know place. what scene you're talking about. Yeah. Do you really? Okay. Great. He's um, like driving in the sprinkler. sprinkler. That's the like comedic oh. timing. Like the sprinklers get that. <laughs> but they have no sense of self preservation. Like I will destroy myself to take out this human being. But as sprinklers, we will taunt them. Like uh, it yeah. says, my next one says dead dog with Walkman in the mouth. Is that? ring a bell uh not a walkman it's a remote control oh. car oh, that i think the dog like went to like was chasing it and caught it and then it electrocuted the dog which Yikes. yeah now i'm seeing bloody lawnmower shot enjoyed yeah sk's direction oh i said i enjoyed stephen king's direction i was like he should do i think it, there were camera angles or something that caught my eye and i was like he should be making more movies <laughs> wouldn't his dp that'd be his dp though that like if he didn't know what it was doing his dp might have perhaps yeah but i mean it could be him he's like get down on the get down on the ground and i can't do the l <laughs> you know it's like yeah. film but well, okay, so yeah, uh-huh. I, I I certainly would like because I thought of, I thought about this early. I looked it up to see. This is eighty six, eighty seven is Hellraiser, which is Clive Barker, his directorial debut of making a movie of his short story, The Hellbound Heart, and famously Stephen King says, "I've seen the future of horror," and his name is Clive Barker. 
which is a play. Oh wow! Yeah, it's in the it's in the trailers for Hellraiser because Hellraiser was such a. I didn't know this at the time. I came to Hellraiser through seeing Clive Barker thanked and an inspiration for Nine Inch Nails for his record. So, oh okay, I came in a back door, but I but I I was fascinated by that, and then I saw it. and I was like, well, this is unlike anything I've ever seen, and then. Anyway, the preview for it, though, is Stephen King saying that, which is also, this is actually a reference to, I don't know who said it. Somebody said it about Bruce Springsteen in the mid-70s. Like, I've seen the future rock and roll, and his name is Bruce Springsteen. Uh, anyway, Stephen King says that about Clive Barker, but whereas the difference is Hellraiser is kind of, is amazing and couldn't be better adapted or executed, whereas maximum overdrive not so much <laughs> or or <laughs> perhaps perfectly so i guess it depends on how you think <laughs> well i mean <clears throat> the question is is do we like ultimately i don't think stephen king's goal was for people like us to appreciate maximum overdrive for the reasons why we appreciate maximum overdrive yeah that's true you know what i mean <laughs> like but man like, do i it, it, <laughs> oh yeah, no, we totally do. But I, I mean, honestly, like if we had a time machine, we went back to 1986 and talked to coked out Stephen King and told him all the reasons why we love Maximum Overdrive, he would probably be offended at the reasons why we That's love true. Maximum Overdrive. You know, yeah, like yeah, it's not, it's not like whereas like Clive Barker directing Hellraiser, he legitimately pulled off. A, a legitimate horror movie with yeah. his adaptation. Whereas this is like all camp, you know, yeah. like the, like, so I think, I, uh, I think Hellraiser is probably Clive Barker's only like truly effective directorial film for me. Like Lord of Illusions. Okay. Actually, you know what though? I haven't seen the director's cut of Nightbreed, so I might change that, but Hellraiser is fucking amazing. Um, uh, yeah, Nightbreed did not age well. Just so you know, oh. like that, it, it's really hard for me. That was one that stuck out in my head. That like I, I don't know if you do this, but I do this where I like you see I I have seen mo- a movie like a handful enough times for it to have made an impression in, in my young self, and then as an adult, for one reason or another, that movie will pop back into my head. And then that's all I fixate on and, and I need to see it. And I went through like a two year period where like Nightbreed was on my mind and oh, wow. I couldn't figure out like, and I, you can't find that. You could not find that movie anywhere for a long time. Like there were not DVD, ver, you know, versions that were readily available of that movie. Uh, you could pirate it, of course, if you wanted to, but they were like poor versions and then all of a sudden there was like there was supposed to be the cabal cut of yeah that's what it was supposed to be called and the one on Netflix is just called uh the director's cut mm-hmm. but uh that's what i watched and it oh is it not as <laughs> it wasn't what you wanted <laughs> the the imagery was definitely there but the the i you know i just chalked up to the fact that i couldn't understand the story because i was a kid like I didn't get all the nuances of the story, and as an adult, I'm like, no, it's because it's just not told very well. Oh, you know? yeah. Like, so um, I haven't seen it yet, but I, yeah, it, I would definitely now. check it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually had, um, I had a VHS of it 
that had an intro by Clyde Barker. And he had yeah. a, he had a, he was surrounded by some of the night breed sort of makeups as like busts. And he had, I remember a, this. Do you know what I'm talking about? He had like, like yeah. he, had a, he had a spiky haircut, not a flat top, but a spike. I don't know if yeah. you remember the difference. I literally had the same haircut. That's why I know. And yeah. it, it was like, it was a bad haircut, but yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, so he he had this like incredibly um, exciting and indelible directorial debut, whereas Stephen King the year before had Maxim Overdrive, which is, I mean, less respectable but just fucking awesome as we're as we've been discussing. So the next one I have, Bloody Lawn Moore, yeah, yeah, more Stephen King direction. He did say when in that same quote, I guess about not. Or like, why haven't I directed more movies? Watch Maximum Overdrive. But he said he'd like to give it another shot sober. And I hope he does someday. Absolutely. No, absolutely. What is this I, one? Oh, my next one says, you want to rock and roll with me, puss bag? <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> There's so, all, so many great lines in it. Like the, and that's the thing is like there, these lines occur... <laughs> In dialogue with people talking to each other, and they're not that that's not how people talk to each other. Puss bag. Puss bag. And I have the note, it's the dude from The Last Dragon. Do you know what The Last Dragon is? We don't have to get into it if you don't. Uh is that is that a Bruce Lee movie? Or kind no, The of. Last Dragon. No, that's the like that's the guy that lives in the he's African American, right? Yes, and he likes Yeah. And he likes Bruce Lee. Yes. And what yeah, I know exactly what yes. it, like show uh show enough or what a, show enough. <laughs> yes. so this is like the manager from that thing is in that he had the he managed like the Cindy Lauper type girl in that movie. And oh, he, he's okay. he's yeah. that guy. He's the guy, he's the Bible salesman. And I was oh, just like, Oh yeah. dude. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I have a I literally have a parenthesis that says pause for a drink. Oh, my parenthesis says pause for a drink, colon, this period is period glorious. <laughs> so I made a note to say to myself, like, enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Followed by, quote, horse pucky. <laughs> oh, uh, Greensboro, Char- Charlotte, North Carolina. Yep. It was filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is acknowledged in the in the kind of prologue and in the setup. But also, I know that because I almost lived and went to school there in 2003. Oh, yeah, that's right. But not only that, that is where The Crow was filmed. That is where Cyborg was filmed. Oh. <laughs> and I toured that uh, facility. And they were telling me at the time um, that... You know, Dino De La Rentis' company that put out this movie filmed a bunch of stuff there in Coraloco Studios. I can't quite say it. Like Total Recall and some of those movies from that time were uh, filmed there. So all the infrastructure for movies were there, but Canada was much cheaper. So the industry moved there. But in the mid-80s to mid-90s, a lot was going on there, including Maximo Overdrive. (laughs) Yeah, that was like the that was the new like quote the new Hollywood. Did you say that already? Like, oh, didn't maybe yeah. 
Something like that. It, it, like, it was like outside of Hollywood, that was where the most amount of movies in the U.S. I mean, outside of maybe New York and Hollywood. But there was a big studio there and a lot was going on. A lot of stuff was being made. Um, next quote. <laughs> quote, I think I just loaded my pants, then an arrow to ACDC. <laughs> so I'm guessing someone said that and like some jams kicked in. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome it says i remember that you do oh good yeah yeah who said that and what um, <laughs> i don't remember that part i think it was one of the mechanics because oh. he's like bitching because he like almost loaded his or maybe that the like chubby like comic relief guy oh leon rippy like yeah you know he's so i know him most from cuffs which i fucking love that movie cuffs and and uh, Universal Soldier, he's in that as well. And do you know Cuffs with Christian Slater? Have, have we ever talked about that? Or you ever I know, that? I know, um, I know of that movie, but I do not know it well enough to like quote it or anything like that. I mean, I'm not going to say it's great, but I will say that I love it. And he, it's a great sort of break in the third wall. It's got like a mock Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. Tony Goldwyn and and Christian Slater and Mila Jovovich and Bruce Boxleder like Tron yeah oh god that's Laura Harrington oh shit I feel like she was went on to be maybe more well known on television somehow am I making that up what is that picture above there go to the one this one uh, no the one you this know which one? one yes <laughs> what. Yeah. Oh, what are all those? Oh, we gotta wrap this up. I got some investigations, but that like that picture looks very familiar. Oh, look at that! Mm. What is that? Oh my god, women have it. Women have it rough, but it works out well for us. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of the same statement, just it said different, two so, different ways. So many, so many horrible statements reveal. What is? Oh no! Oh, there you go. Holy Let's shit. see through. She looks very familiar, though, but not at all like the person in this movie. Oh, my God. She's got a tattoo that says love. Oh, that's a yeah. Nastasha Kinski ripoff thing. The whole snake deal. Oh, there um, she goes. Okay, oh, man. Holy shit. Them, check out them cans. <laughs> it's Campbell Soup cans, folks. There's a lot like, to look. <laughs> sweet, sweet cans. All right, um, it's almost 2 a.m. Oh, got yes. Si- okay. We got six minutes. All right, let's do this. Um, oh, it says, some. it sometimes feels like a coke, uh, coked up dude is giving line readings to actors. <laughs> so it feels... See, so like you felt it too. Like oh, this yeah. is what it feels like to be on cocaine. Like this yeah, is... Yeah, it felt like, it's like, no, you got to say it like this. Like say it like a fucking maniac. <laughs> I, I mean, I just think of what's the, like, Martin Scorsese, there's, like, he does this, he's a, he does a cameo in some movie where he's talking about coffee, and he's, like, on, like, drinking a lot of coffee and lattes, and he's, like, <laughs> holding a Starbucks, yeah. and he's, like, he's talking, like, Martin's like... Fe- I, quickly, I mean, yeah, yeah, like... Like, so he talks like that anyways, yeah but he's, like, in rapid fire, and that's what I imagine Stephen King was, like, on set, was just, like... Blah, 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 like, just that, no, that would be the over, like, the arching noise that he would and, make. And, and then the kind of one-liners that he's asking people to say feel feel like yeah. that kind of crazed 
um, coked up thing. Girl giving up her sandwich. Eat this. Like, yeah. Girl giving up her sandwich says, eat this. <laughs> like, just n- stupid shit. Yep. Oh, shit. I'm sick of this shit. You assholes. <laughs> anyway. Where then I, the next one says, where did Pat Hingle get a bazooka and when did he become Cajun? <laughs> right. He starts His talking. Accent, yeah. uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Yep, that happens. Flaming toilet paper. Speaking of the bazooka, to come back to my like to come back to my one of my last notes was well, we're not at that point in the movie yet. We can wait. No, no, just jump ahead. <laughs> that bazooka is used multiple times in the movie uh, to destroy one of the one or more of these vehicles. And a bazooka is very I know very little about guns and weapons, <laughs> but I know enough to know that after you, like a bazooka does not hold more than one rocket inside of it. It's a tube essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a scene, it, it's when Pat Harrington dies and that waitress dies in the same, like in conjunction of each other. He shoots the bazooka and it never leaves his hands <laughs> and then dies. And unless he loaded, excuse me, unless he loaded it with his last breaths, the waitress, though, runs over and picks the empty bazooka up (laughs) and then runs out of the restaurant and fires it again. And it's, (laughs) and I'm just like, wait a second. That's not how that works. You need to put another. Oh, wait. I got to show you that. Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> Holy shit. That is a small picture, but man, is it going to be worth it when you so, see it? Oh, like, my God. Like, where is that from? I don't know. But who is this woman and how does she age in oh, this way? Holy shit. Man. I wish there were a way to capture. I love that like up in the right hand corner, you see her from this movie <laughs> with the kid <laughs> like Deke or whatever his name is. Doesn't she look so familiar Whoa. as. Yeah. Whoa. As though she were. I mean, she must be active now, right? Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> she called I was going to say this... somehow we should share these photos with, you know, via YouTube. Like what? The, but. What? Whoa. Like that little What man. was the search terms you used to come up with this? Just just her name? Just yep. Okay. We'll have to Oh uh, now that the search term specificity that's gotta be cut out because that does sound sleazy. No. I yeah. need the specific search terms to <laughs> I, get these images <laughs> to show up on my computer screen. Oh we'll just do like a we'll just do a kind of a Google or like a YouTube caption of search Laura Harrington for, for these amazing images. Oh my god. Um, so one of the things that she says that I have next, wow, is she says, that's what I was doing before every, every machine in the world went into maximum overdrive. (laughs) (laughs) Cause, cause it's in the eighties. Yes. Cause you gotta say it. You gotta say the title somewhere. The title has to be relevant to the movie. They can't like, uh, it's either a line or it's in the theme song or both. (laughs) Preferably both, yeah. Preferably both. Next one says, why does Emilio Estevez kick the dude farting on the toilet to talk? <laughs> he has to kick him. Do you remember that? Like, he wants to talk yeah. to him. 
You don't gotta kick yeah. him. No. <laughs> He's on the toilet. Boundaries. Personal yep. personal fucking bubble. <laughs> Only family in there. It says ass is grass times two, which means someone must have said that in rapid succession. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, or somebody said it and another person said it after them. Holy shit. The next one I have says, I'll tell you one thing. Sure make love like a hero. <laughs> like, and how did that even like, how did it even progress to that? There was no buildup. There was no even romantic interest. It was just like all of a sudden the next scene they had had sex. Yeah. I mean, I guess like they watched somebody cool. die and she ran into right. his arms and then they woke up the next morning. Or that night after coitus. Yeah. Coitus? (laughs) In that room, though, with, like, all of the, like, Playboy, you know, 80s Bush-type pinups. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Like, was that his room, or is that Pat Hingle's room? Like, whose room is that, and why is that? (laughs) I'm sure it's not his, because he just worked there, but the mechanics, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's truckers, gotta be. like truckers could use that to oh, sleep, maybe. Yeah. Like jerk it. Yeah. That's well, Leon, I mean Leon They Ruby's say room. they're in there to sleep, but that's <laughs> yeah. probably what they're gonna do, what they're using it for. Um you're not only oh, it says you're not only a hero, you're a genius. Like the <laughs> and I just have this like circle around the word hero, and it says, Why is he a hero? Yeah, <laughs> especially like, at this point in the movie, like yeah. he hasn't done anything. Yep. <laughs> And and that's what I mean. It's like that's what his name is to her. I guess that's all she refers to him. Yeah. Like, hey, hero, you're my hero. I know. You make love like a hero. <laughs> Never seen a hero with his ass in the air like that. These are all great, like poster titles, like, like taglines. Like. Oh, this says the yeah. the whole. I just was waiting for him to turn around and be like, "You know, my name's Billy, right?" <laughs> With his like Billy, like, yeah, the kid, yeah, yeah. <laughs> touche, touche. I was trying to let's find end his on, name. Let's end on that one. That's a, that's a good one, Billy the kid. <laughs> right. I have way too many more notes on this, but we should probably call it. I mean, two two a.m. is is the. Bill Robinson. His name is Billy. Yep. Fucking a. See how see how good I am. That's it right there. I knew. Yeah. I wish I I wish I knew the best of under the other. Oh, it literally say for those about to rock, we salute you. The horror words going tits up. The only the last one that I had is like the last scene of the movie, and they're going to escape. Right. That seems like a good place to end. Yeah. Sons, and they, you sons of bitches, we made you. <laughs> that comes yeah, up a lot. Yeah, that's the waitress. That's she. She goes through that a couple times, and it's like we made you. We like you should treat us better. Like what the? F- Hello, lady. That's a truck. <laughs> it it doesn't have any yeah. feelings, obviously. Other than for sure, she didn't make that truck. <laughs> right. Right. Um. So they get holed up in this. In this. Here's. Here's the short drink. We've been on a real long walk. Oh, let's, I just want to throw out there. I'm rolling through these. I'm almost through my notes. Emilio Estevez talking to the goblin truck about, quote, having the best shit, 
practically uncut. He's talking to a truck. <laughs> One, he's talking to a semi. Two, right. just because it has a face, that doesn't mean its ears work. <laughs> yeah. That's that was one of the questions I had too. Is when I'm watching this, I was like, "How do they hear? What mechanical <laughs> part actually lets them hear what the humans are saying? Because there's not, there's no, there's not even microphones in these cars. This is the '80s. They didn't have Bluetooth <laughs> right. back then, right? Like, so what is actually hearing when the humans talk? Because they're like, because at one point he's like, "We don't have any, we don't have the power to pump the gas," and then right after he he says that. And so it's not just that the the trucks can hear what the humans are saying, but then they can communicate with each other because they say we don't even have the power to turn like to pump the fuel, and all of a sudden the lights come on in the truck stop. Like here's the power again. I, I just yeah, I mean, there's a reason this didn't make it into a, a, a 700 page novel because there's like <laughs> a, no sense to this. Like, but they end so oh, they, right before the end because it's super quick. A seven page, seven hundred page novel. My last thing that I wanted to bring up is that this, I think, is the first appearance of the phrase "Jesus is coming" and he's pissed, which turns up in the first twenty chapters of the stand. Oh, yeah. nice. So that's what see I, that, how see what I mean though about how like things like he'd like certain things and they pop up again and again. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, um, so they make it. Away from the the truck stop, they they sneak out. They're able to do that. The trucks get pissed and like destroy the truck stop because yes. they're not going to get gas anymore. I guess. Who made who? Yeah, and so then they get to they they pass by a a burger like a drive through at a burger place, right? And the like. <laughs> Again, this is not how drive-throughs work. There is not a mechanical voice that feeds back your order, but it's a humans are here, humans are here, you or like human alert or something like that's a, the equivalent of what it's saying is like humans are here, humans are here, and so they kill that. Small and they get to, seasoned curlies. Yeah, take Small. two of them and shove them up. Shove your them ass. up your ass. I like a I like a half diet coke, half regular coke because I'm trying to watch my calories. Um, so they get to the marina because he wants to get a sailboat because there's no engine. There's no engine on a sailboat. And so they get on the sailboat. Now this whole time though, they're like the, the antagonist, which is the goblin face truck. They're on a gravel. This is a gravel road. And that is a semi for anybody that has missed that so far. It's a semi truck with the Green Goblin's face attached to the front of it. Pulling a fully loaded trailer behind it. They're just crossing the gravel road to get onto the boat. And that's when they hear... That is the stealthiest fucking semi I have ever seen in my entire life. That they it was able to get less than twenty five yards from them and they didn't know it on a gravel road. So outrageous. There's, I mean, there's when you we are not doing a good sell for this movie. I'm hoping that well, like people are like it, it's know. just so good. I mean, I. I... I like to think because I feel like I was sold on this movie from you talking about it as we have. 
I was like, yeah. I need to see it. I want to see it. I'm going to love it. And I did. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it is great. There's no, there's I mean, no denying that, but it's, but again, <laughs> you got to know what you're in for. <laughs> you got to know what you're in for. And it's great for all the wrong reasons. Like it's like, yes. I don't know how I said it earlier, but it's like all the word it, it's, it's great in all the worst ways. So uh, or, it's, or it's bad in all the best ways, <laughs> you know. Yeah, both. yeah, yeah, both. So definitely check it out. This has been <laughs> a long like the, walk, a long, long, long walk for a short drink. <laughs> like I, we've talked longer about this movie than I think the movie actually is. That's true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we should we should start doing commentaries for movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that might be a way to keep us under this three hour mark. Is it the only way? Yeah. yeah.